What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, January 11th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swatsky, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Guys, we left off last week's show. That was a little late with the Shota news. And to everyone's surprise, because nothing was happening, the Cubs actually did something. They got their guy. Or maybe the guy got his team. And ladies and gentlemen, he's certainly kind enough. The good Reverend K. Fitz. Finally, finally, the Cubs have made a transaction in the 2023-24 offseason. And it's as glorious as I imagined. So we do actually have baseball stuff to talk about this week, which is wild. So it won't be two hours of us just bullshitting, which was last week. That was what um, the nope, Friday night special. Really weird. Went to uh, 108 day the next day, and numerous amount of people came up to me and was like, "That was an awesome show last night." I was like, "Really? Was it? <laughs> what? You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that?" But everybody was still uh, hung over after uh, New Year's. Apparently, people like it when we just kind of. So to speak, let our hair down. So maybe we should do that more often. I think we do it every week. But so you're telling me I should eat some edibles real quick? I think you were going <laughs> to do right. that anyway, Kev. No, but I did. I mean, I just I am a big winner tonight with that. I went into the dispensary to grab some edibles, and they t- informed me that I was a $500 drawing winner. So I had $500 in credits now. That's awesome. That's how I look. So I'm going to take yep. two of you. We'll go two. Um, but we do have baseball news. The Cubs finally did make a move which was newsworthy and hopefully that uh opens up the doors for a couple other ones that they are rumored to so we're going to get into the newest cubs pitcher we'll get into the cubs rumor uh then there's actually some white Sox stuff to talk about too uh new agents and rumors galore all that then some we're taking edibles it's just gonna get weird let's tap this guy Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Micro, sportsmicro.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first to know if there's any moves by either team or the Bears, for that matter, uh, in Chicago. You'll be the first one of your friends to know. Be that guy when you're either at work or you're out and you'll be like, oh, shit, the Cubs just got Matt Chapman, and you're the first guy to know. Like, now you're that guy. We just made you that guy. Or when then your buddy that shows up 20 minutes late and is like, whoa, shit, you guys see they got Chapman? You give him a tardy slip. 
I mean, there, the there's nothing better be... than being the, the, the newsbreaker. That's what maybe that. that that should be our new piece of merch. Pinwheels and Ivy tardy slips. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so when your friend does it, you just like, nope, tardy slip. You're you're very late. <laughs> um they could be and also brought to you Mitch Bucks. <laughs> Kick rocks. Uh <laughs> also brought to you by Uncle Buds, 9700 South Cicero in Oakland. Uh for those Southside OGs. Used to be where TC's was. Everybody remembers where TC's, TC's was there. So you two know TC's was there for like two thousand years since the dawn of man, and then they left and Uncle Bud's went in that spot. That's why I say that because everybody went to TC's. Everyone's been to TC's. Um, I've heard from someone in the comment section right now that the steak sandwich is a go-to order. I've never had it there, but I have. This is the second or third time I've heard it's really good. Get yourself a steak sandwich. Uh, highly recommend anything off the appetizer menu. Surprisingly, the soup is really good. So go out there and get a base. Just to get a base. Yeah. And then drink your face off. Uh, Fizz is already getting fat shamed in the comments. Oh, already. And so we are ready to roll. So uh, to start things off right away. Let's talk about the Cubs finally making a move because this is a big deal. The reason why this is a big deal is we've been waiting for it. <laughs> we've been waiting for it for a while. The Cubs came out of the gate really hot. For those White Sox fans that are watching this right now, just hang tight with us. This is interesting. The Cubs came out of the gate really hot, uh, hired arguably the best free agent manager available in a long time and Craig Council, and everyone, including – all three people you see on the show, most of the people in the comments, most people in the baseball world thought it meant things were going to come pretty soon thereafter. And I mean, Otani was always kind of a pipe dream for the Cubs. You know, some people took it more serious than others, but then that domino fell and it was like, okay, time to get going. And then more time went by. And then it was, okay, guys, come on. And then <laughs> been New Year's. <laughs> and it was New Year's, and then it was a three-hour-long Friday night show, and then it was uh, what is going on, and then finally, ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesday, January 9th, it became a reality. The white, the White Sox, the White Sox inside no one. You wish. No, I'm just I wish <laughs> the Cubs got their man in Shota. Now, some people are calling him the consolation prize coming out of that league. Um, I mean, that's kind of unfair to him. I think any other year, that's a, like a, people going crazy over at signing. It just so happens that Yamamoto came out this year. Um, I'm just going to give you the contract information. I'm going to turn it over to our two Cubs guys here. I went to school on them, too. I have some questions for you, too. But I want to hear your breakdowns. The contract is interesting, though. And this is why it makes an even better signing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, they got him on a four-year, $53 million deal. After two years, the team has the option to extend the contract to an $80 million over five years. If they decline, Shota has the option to become a free agent. Same after the third year. Now, something key to... Remember here is the AAV is going to hit 
a little bit differently because of how this is structured. So basically they're going to get hit for like 13, 14 million on the AAV towards the cap. And then after year three, that's what we don't know is if it goes into like a average of the five years or what, but that's for you nerds to figure out. Um, but as far as actually on the field stuff, um, like I said, I was bored yesterday, so I actually went to school on this guys, but I want you two to jump in get it started and we'll go from there. Uh, well, I was going to say with the contract stuff, when we do figure out the AAV, it's going to be great news if we do have to figure out, is it, is it the AAV for the right. four-year, the $53 million? Is it the five-year, $80 million? Because that means that the Cubs extended him because he was really damn good. They're like, yes, we want to keep you. Oh, we want you here for another couple this of years. This is working. Uh, yeah, yes, this working. is working. Yeah. Um, like I said in the chat and how there's been saying uh, in our group chat, I, I mean, it seems like a pretty solid deal. I wrote a, the headline, you know, low risk move for the Cubs here. Um, yeah. Because it, it, let's say it goes, because we always talk about, you know, risk management and uh, what, what happens if things blow up, right? So worst yep. case scenario, it's four years, 53 million. And again, that would be like $13 million a year. Rough, but again, that's not a backbreaker. That's like, not like uh, not at all. The team can't do anything anymore. That's the, not a Albert. Side, that's not an Albert Pujols on the Angels. Right. That's not a. I would even say like you can go with the Cubs. Like when they signed Hayward, and he kind of just wasn't good after like right, and you knew it, and the Cubs use that as an excuse not to spend anymore. It's not that either. Uh, on the other side, let's say he pitches two years. He's great. Yeah, I mean that's good. You got that means you got a really good value for two years, like fifteen million dollars or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And then by that time, hopefully the Cubs have uh, developed or feel enough confidence in uh, a few of their younger pitchers, either Kate Horton or Ben Brown, or maybe some some other uh, prospect comes along uh, the next couple of years. So that's another win-win scenario for the Cubs. Hopefully, um, uh, as far as the consolation prize, I mean, I, I still it's, remember thinking yeah. back to like uh, the Shohei sweepstakes, and and still thinking ahead to the Cubs offseason. Any player that wasn't Shohei Otani was going to be just like a big letdown. True, <laughs> compared very to true. <laughs> very true. I get that's just. Very I true. mean, this this guy Shohei Otani is a true unicorn there. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into the stuff, the worries, the good. But uh, on the surface level, just looking at the deal, uh, the negotiations, uh, talked about it a little before we started to record, but Jesse Rod, I, I read the, the story where, that, where that's coming from, where uh, Emanaga was staying in Chicago since Christmas. Christmas? Um, My homie's been just he, chilling here. He was reportedly- he Uncle and never left. <laughs> he reportedly- Our, Rumor has it Uncle Bud sealed that deal. <laughs> Maybe he got the steak sandwich. Yeah. Steak sandwich. Yeah. I think he got the steak sandwich from uh, steak sandwiches. It was reported earlier in the offseason that he had already previously visited Chicago. And really, when you look at the finalists, that was the Red Sox, the Angels, the Giants, along with the Cubs. Chicago seemed like the only city that he visited. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he maybe he read that Buster uh Buster Posey story and was too scared to go to San Francisco. Um, I'm not sure, but it seemed Stop like he it. uh he pinpointed Chicago as his spot and the obviously the deadline helped because mm-hmm. as everybody. we've seen with other free agents, it's not like <laughs> they're again, uh it's not like they're in line the, waiting to this is like why Major League Baseball. Anytime now. 
why Major League Baseball should have something like this in mind. Yes, because it benefits the owners. Correct. And it benefits the owners in Japan for making no, sure it benefits the guys them. who do it benefits the guys that do weekly shows, Feds. Uh, I'm true. not getting into a massive capitalism debate with you. I'm just saying I want shit to happen. I mean Yamamoto, Yamamoto had a deadline too. Yep. He got he, he got 325 million dollars. That, 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 well, yeah, that yeah. So yeah. Fids, I know you've been breaking down his stuff, and the way that I want to get you started with this is basically, fellas, I'm really excited that I actually did homework before the show. So I wanna <laughs> tell you some of the things that I heard, and then you could either agree with it or tell me why that's complete bullshit. That work? Let's do it. And then you can like go more into descriptions about his stuff because I feel like that's a good way to explain right, it. So, we got to get our bullshit meter out. Yep. Yeah. So he yeah, well, is the same. No, that's not it. That one maybe. Maybe that could be one. <laughs> so Some windshield wipers. He is the same build as Yamamoto. Little guy. Not a big dude. Um, so he's a left-hander. He's not going to blow guys away. He sits 93-95. Uh, they said there was a velo uptick in the WBC. And one the biggest thing that I learned about researching this dude, you guys know when you watch the, the Japanese league, like you watch those highlights and the ball looks like a fucking Frisbee when these guys are pitching. They use a goddamn smaller baseball. I did not know that. Not because it's cold. It's actually made. <laughs> that was the guy. I did, at, uh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Lighter, so, uh, lighter smaller and actually has uh, more tack too. More yes. Tackier. It's tackier too. That blew me away yesterday. And then because of that, that guy that you sent, although that worked for Marquis, he showed that how there was less movement on his pitches in the WBC, but he actually led the WBC and stuff plus because of his locations. And so basically what I got from this guy is not a hard thrower, kind of like almost like a U Darvish with an arsenal of pitches. That's almost limitless. Throws a fuck ton of strikes. The biggest thing that concerns me, and you could, I guess you could start here, is I keep seeing him labeled as a fly ball pitcher. How does that work in Wrigley Field? That's like throwing a fly ball pitcher in fucking Coors. Uh, uh, you're forgetting about Chicago in April and May, so. True. Okay. <clears throat> but you also got it once. It's a pro. It's, it's, it's approach. It's um. He's going to be a guy that's going to live up in the zone, as opposed to guys that live down in the zone because of. Uh, I think some of it has to do with his arm slot. He goes with a. He runs a really good four seam or two, and I think that as a result, um, especially guys that again, he's coming from a league that is not lift and launch angle, no, and it's more contact and punch, and he still strikes a bunch of dudes out there. He was still the, one of the best strikeout, if not the best strikeout guy there. Even the insane, insane, insane that, like, strikeout rate. Yeah. And so, and he's he also has incredible command at 74% strike ratio. Like he's, he's good with that stuff. His big thing is that he is a fly ball pitcher, but his approach, you know, if, if he works down in the zone, especially with some of those, some of his stuff, he's going to get beat bad. But if he can keep those guys, again, you work up in the zone, which is again, pretty much all of baseball at this point. The giant hole in everybody's swing is up and especially obviously under the hands because they get wrapped up. They can't, they get tied up and they can't yep. get around on a baseball. So his approach because of his command still, I think it, it kind of like, it, it kind of counteracts the, 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 the fact that he is a fly ball pitcher because he's also shown the ability to dot and locate. And so he's That's able to get these spots that allow him the opportunity to pitch away from that weakness. Now, when he goes with the splitter or whether it's his, his, his cutter, 
uh, which is his cutter is kind of mediocre anyway, but he does throw a really good um, um, sweeper too. It's pretty good. A good right, you know, for especially right handers, a good back right foot pitch, which that's yes. where he can move down on the zone with the off speed. But the cutter, the cutter's mediocre. Um, and in the splitter too, in a weird way, it drops, it, it's a vertical drop, but it actually doesn't have a horizontal movement at all. So no onside, you know, arm side run. It, it's literally up and it's down. And so it doesn't Real move. Quick, do, are you worried of him relying too heavily on that cutter? Cause that was a go-to pitch for him. He threw a lot of cutters. Well, the thing I've seen with him is that that part of coming to the, you know, to major league baseball is the fact that he does have like five or six pitches. He even has three different types of splitters. Um, and that, you have yeah. these types of things. So for him, it's going to be, look, over there, you can do this stuff because the players aren't going to leave the yard if you make a mistake with them as often. Here, you make a mistake, and the guy's going to hit one out on Sheffield or Waveland. And so for him, the idea of fine-tuning the consistency in the other secondary pitches besides his, you know, improving a little bit of movement on that splitter, improve, you know, finding ways to get that cutter you know, more refined. So it's actually a good plus pitch for him as opposed to just a pitch that has in his repertoire, but he really doesn't not going to use very frequently. And so, you know, that's a good part about this is that he may be a fly ball guy. Uh, but at the same time, he also has an approach that will lend itself well to the weaknesses of the modern major league game as well. And that's a thing that I think will counteract that the, uh, the 74% strike rate dude, do dots. That's something that is so incredibly effective. You know, he, you know, you said 95, he, he was throwing 94 in the WBC early on, obviously uh, in, in the MPB league, he was throwing really on average roughly like 91. Uh, and that was obviously oh, once he got into the season. So there was a considerable drop, but it doesn't affect him because he locates, he's a guy that, you know, again, as a lefty, he's got a lower arm slot than the average lefty. He does a lot of <laughs> things that are just. Hold on. Sorry. Shout out to. <laughs> Shout out to the homie. Stephen Burnett, nobody outbids Stephen for common attention. I love it, man. I'm glad. I know we're only at four ninety nine. Yeah, we're at four ninety nine. If, if someone if someone wants to, uh, do I see a guy out of high out of here? And then I know you guys put it up here, but I want, do want to say thanks, Drew. I appreciate the the super chat there. I uh, said good move for the Cubs, but they need another starter. Uh, although, question for you now. It, Reading more into this guy, and like Fid said, the the part where it says he has three different kinds of splitters, he almost to me kind of sounds like a Japanese Greg Maddox, where he's going on the mound and he's not going to blow by you, and he's going to throw a splitter low and away, and you're not going to fucking hit it. But he has shown he can nut up if he has to. By the way, like yes, which yeah, he does have that in his back pocket. And we did see in the higher stake WBC game he pitched the velo was ramped up like he can get like Fitz said, he can, you know, get his foot down on some shit, but I don't know. Are you kind of getting that vibe from him all though? Or what kind of pitcher do you see him being? Uh, I don't know if I would go the Greg Maddox way, but yeah, uh, I'm not saying he is Greg Maddox. So no, no, but, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you're right. Obviously the profile, yeah, he's not like going to, but like Kevin brought up, like he he did he did lead uh, the MPB uh, the league in Japan in strikeouts. Uh, so obviously he has good stuff in a, in a league that is very contact oriented, where uh, you know, these guys make a lot more contact than the average MLB hitter, and he was still able to find ways to put them away. Uh, with the splitter stuff, uh, looking at that, I mean, great pitch. Uh, you don't see that obviously a lot from lefties. Um, probably a pitch that maybe the Cubs want to see more. 
Maybe they want to see use that more. Uh, I think that's uh, one of the the video that I sent you guys in the group chat from uh, Lance, uh, out in, uh, who works for Mark E uh, Sports Network. Uh, he was mentioning how in Japan uh, they do mix it up more. They they do go. It, Maybe the the game plans aren't as sophisticated for whatever reason, and and as he mentioned in his video, like that doesn't make it right or wrong, which or whatever. But that's just how things operate in Japan and their pitching coaches, and in MLB, uh, we've seen in you know recent years how pitching has become a lot more in depth. Like teams want you if you're if you have like one good pitch and like taters just can't hit that. Teams don't care if you – teams are like, all right, yeah, no, use that pitch. You can't, be, you can't be a major league starter with one fucking pitch. But real Ask quick, Justin Steele. Out. What are you talking Ooh. about? Ask Justin Steele. That, that's we my got, other part. Oh, we got a bidding war here, folks. We got, we got Baloney coming in at 999. Uh-oh. Your move, Stefan. Your move, I mean, Steve, I mean, you wanted to call people out. <laughs> all right, man. So, Steph, see, on. that's the thing. That's what that's one of the things that got me excited when I saw uh showed his name uh being tossed around with the Cubs on, as a possibility is, and his while repertoire. You're talking, although, I'm gonna share this video because this is this is a different one than the one we were looking at earlier. But this one shows like some crazy like views of the, his pitch movement. <laughs> you keep going. But his fastball. That has like uh, basically un unmatched uh, uh, movement from any other MLB starter. It, it's just like Justin Steele has, is a guy who doesn't overpower guys. You you would think yeah, by his stuff, this. he throws like 91, 92, 93. And you're Cut thinking, wait, hands. how is this lefty with like one fastball and like one like all right? Uh, slider. How how is he getting away with this? Justin Steele was like a Cy Young candidate right up till like the last couple weeks of the season. So yes, you can be a great starting pitcher with just one pitch, and that's yeah, and the Cubs just did, just showed it with one of the young guys, which makes me excited to see what they can do with Shota, uh, and Look maybe maybe tell him, hey, use that fastball more. It's Excuse a me. great pitch, but maybe locate it a little better against righties. So you see that sweeper right here, right? This is a absolutely filthy against lefty, right? Uh, lefties. Yes. And the sweeper that he's going to throw to righties, that's what we say back right foot. He's obviously going to put it basically in the same spot. It's going to be something that someone's going to roll over or swing all the way through. And that sweeper obviously intrigues you. That and the splitter intrigue me. I think he's going to utilize that splitter as a changeup more um, than because I don't hear much about a, an actual just like traditional change. Dude, so he is again, dotting. This whole dots. video is just him throwing yeah. fucking. Dots. No, that's the that's the other part. As, yeah. and again, like everyone's mentioned, he he doesn't walk guys. He walked twenty four guys in like one hundred and sixty innings. That's like a. 3% oh wait, 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 wait. We got we're going straight prices right rules oh. over here. Oh. <laughs> the Joey P coming in at ten dollars flat. There we go. Buying new Jays, so I'll support y'all instead. Joey P, welcome <laughs> to the board, man. We appreciate you, Joey P. The shoe game, much respect. He had the new Jordan 11 Gratitudes on at 108 day, looking clean as shit on a Were they size night. 20? Because, boy, I feel like they were size 20s because he just went. They were some, yep. Just dropped it on but the table. Now. <laughs> they were uh, they were clean as shit, and I always have respect for very good shoe games. And so he put my flu games to uh, to shame that night. I thought I'd be, you know, flexing on people wearing the flu games, and he shows up with the Gratitudes, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> 
So Look at Joey that. I mean, P. Look at that. Dot, in the, dot in the edges. Damn. <laughs> 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 yeah, we might all be going Uncle Bud's after this shit. All I'll right, fly you guys go. in. We're so going to get steak So something. I just to jump back into uh Shota too is look at the delivery too. This is I love this. Again, he's he's what you would consider consider a crafty lefty because of the way he goes about things, but he still yes. has giddy up. But I love the look at the pause at the top of his apex. I love how how when he gets before he gets to his break, he's actually paused, which is again, this is what lends to say he's got a quiet delivery. This is probably why he's he can Woo. dot so well. Is it's such look at how smooth his he gets again, he gets he gets that apex, pauses comes through look at his finish too like when he's pulling through he's pulling straight through towards the catcher a lot of guys maybe pull towards yep. the dugout to their glove hand side because they're a little bit out of control but his arm slot and where he's pulling which is straight forward lends itself to a accuracy his eyes aren't moving as much so your target's not moving as much and at the same time you're also looking at a guy that literally finishes and is now a perfectly balanced defensive position to pick his spot as a defender as well things that sometimes say- Guys forfeit when they're a little bit too much out of control pulling that, you know, that, that glove hand side through. But I love this that. Like, uh, he keeps going in on the hands on that cutter to righties, too. And yep, this entire highlight video, the first pitch has been in on it. Like, watch. Whoop. Nope, that's, that's a dot. Right. But um, one thing, though, isn't that kind of like a staple of this league, though, with pitchers for that? hesitation right at the peak kind of thing or the in the extended late kick yep that's becoming a newer the thing. hitter's timing yep. yeah it, and it again this is something that, that again as, as base, major league baseball continues to try and like stifle the pitchers um by changing rules this is something that i'm sure you're going to see visited in the Oof. future they, they have i think they've already what have they've already uh they've already made some of the fixes with the the guys leaping off the rubber tw- you know touching the you yep. know pitcher twice there's a lot of things that i mean Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Major League Baseball that they don't call, too. I mean, some of these guys are balking all the time, and, and they're not calling. Again, for example, you can't, you know, just certain little things around the pitcher's plate, you know, Go taking signs hand. off, you know, while you're on the dirt, things like that, just a yeah. lot of uh, other things. But these guys are th- – this apex thing is a great way to, like, refocus. And we see it, you know, even down here at the lower levels, at the high school level, too, you see guys doing this. And usually, though, it's, I know it sounds funny, but it's usually the guys that are in the early parts of their development Never bunt. Pitching coach, and so they they're doing that as part of their slow progressive <laughs> progression towards being a guy. Like they usually throw only out of the stretch. They usually pause at the apex like that to control their body and to get that 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 fundamental like readjustment. And then as you, you know, you get older, these guys. You know, I've seen a Brophy Prep does this actually. No pitcher in their program is allowed to pitch out of the windup until they're a senior in high school. All no every, if you're a freshman through junior, always stretch. So everyone pitches out of the stretch until they're a senior, and then they get One to. Go ahead, finish. It's just interesting how the, but this is a, this is a thing though, that for a guy that's already somewhat developed, he's 30, he's developed, he's still yeah. utilizing this and it's effective because of how much command he has. And that's going to be fun to watch for pitch guys that love pitchers, watching guys that can locate are just fun to, because you actually are playing chess. You know, it's, it's one thing to just be a fucking meatball and just throw 103 and just fucking, but, so, guys that oh, go and do this. They're fun. No, I'm real quick here. I know the Giants, the team he's pitching against here, they're like one of the juggernauts in the league, right? They're like the – they're always good, right? I don't know why. Uh, I just I like recognize so. that. But Did Tom Selleck I play have, him, though? I think I, – honestly, I think that's why I recognize the jerseys. But <laughs> um, Maybe, let's Mr. talk Mr. about – let's talk about that hat because I might be ordering some Japanese league hats because that's pretty damn clean. A little Y with the star. I won't know what it a means. Y, okay. I won't know how to pronounce it, 
Is that a dragon? It's like a Y, and it's got a. It's pretty dope, but I do. I don't know where the hell I found this YouTube video, but I appreciate how this is showing like entire at bats. Yep. If you look at his arm, if you look at his arm angle, and I know it's always tough trying to come up with like player comparisons. Look how uh, balanced he is, though. Look at his finish. It's so much. It's so controlled. Like, can you rewind that just a split? Watch, watch, watch. Look where he finishes. Yeah. Like, he's there. He's. I mean, that was a little bit a bigger of a finish, but it's probably a big moment. Look but at like, that virtual in-game live. Look at this <laughs> shit, man. Fight. I mean, I seriously have no idea where camera, I found man. this, but this is like the perfect video to be played while we're breaking this guy down. This so, is awesome. So if you go back and you look at the at his arm slot and uh, in one of the in one of the videos of the breakdowns of him and his stuff, uh, the comparison that they brought up uh, and it, and it does go with his fastball shape and uh, how much it moves. Nunez, the release he is point, not Japanese. And I know, I know, White Sox fans don't like this guy because he stole uh, <laughs> Dylan Cease's All Star spot a, a few years ago. But the comparison that they brought up was uh, Nestor Cortez of the Yankees. Both yes. lefties, they have a similar arm He's angle. Got the, ti- the, the timing thing and all that stuff. Sometimes and, yeah. the timing thing, yep. And then, I, but it's I mostly the, it's, it's the fastball shape and the release. And I mean, if you look at Nestor Cortez before he had some injuries last year, that was a pretty damn good pitcher. There's comps yeah. to Alex Vesia too. And I want to yes. think those were actually more accurate just simply because the velocity. Uh, Cortez throws 91. Uh, he throws, you know, he throws more or whatever throws like, you know, 94, 95. So I, I like both of those though. That's a, you could think it worse. Some real quick to pay attention to. This is what I, I noticed while we're watching this. Cause I'm like, obviously kind of keeping my eye on him, his follow through when he knows the ball is put in play, watch the difference between when he knows he's beaten somebody at the plate and he's not pitch, he's pitching. He's, he's getting away from contact where he finishes, but watch how he alters his left leg. When the ball is put in play, he literally stops that front, that front side. And gets into a defensive position before, like, watch, watch. Hopefully, someone will put one up. See, you see, like, it's not like he doesn't know when he barrel, he ends up sideways, but that's because he's already, he knows he's beaten someone, he's finishing through. Whereas if the ball's in place, he he drops that leg quick. So he's already in a defensive position because easy out. That was an easy out. His whole body is in control because everything is so quiet. I just love it. All I'm hearing right there, Fizz, is throw 20 bucks on him to win a Golden Glove because the odds are going to be long. And it looks like this dude is ready to field that damn position. Yeah, he's there when he needs to be. Like, I love that. And he drops that leg. I love that. And in terms of like the fly ball pitchers and giving up home runs, I mean, obviously that is a concern. He, he the fastball does tend to go low, and obviously with launch angle, you want that fastball low, swing up, you hit a lot of home runs. So, I mean, that he's he's gonna give up home runs with the cut. Like, there's no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. He's gonna He'd give up his fair share. Think so. But as Kevin said, you know, he's, he's he said it like half jokingly, but like he's, he's right. You can live with home runs as long as there aren't guys on base. And yep. and if this yep. guy can keep up his pinpoint command that he's shown in Japan, you'll take you'll take the occasional solo home couple of solo home runs. Hey, that's fine. You win five to two. Yep. Like that's that's fine. I think um, that's, that's going to be a big key for him uh, to to still have that command with the Cubs. Fergie Jenkins made a living out of giving up solo home runs. Uh, up until I don't know when recently, he was the single season home run allowed uh, yeah. in, in Cubs history, and so Lance Lynn didn't break it. <laughs> so it's like, so for him, it's like it's. It, he always said, hey, "If I'm going to get because of grand slams, it'll be a solo. <laughs> it'll be a solo homer." And again, like you said, someone walks into one whoopsie daisy, fucking turn the page, move on. What's the difference between giving up a double and a single back to back? Pitch, pitch, pitch conservation. To be honest, because then he resets and yep. gets back to work. So 
you know, that's a good thing with him. The the strikeout thing, his kind of strikeouts are not like a Jordan Wick strikeout. Jordan Wicks will no. go three two on somebody because it's, he's all over the place and dropping balls everywhere. Um, Shota, he will come right at you and he's going to punch you out in three or four pitches as opposed to going full because his command is so good. He's not going to get himself working deeper into counts. He's going to go after these guys. And I like that too. This guy could be a seven inning guy, a guy that can get you seven uh, on a consistent basis because of the pitch conservation aspect as well. And yep. again, I did notice that too. Belonging. A good bounce back. All these fields look like the goddamn Oakland Coliseum. I was about to say, it's like the Coliseum. <laughs> a lot of room in foul territory in those things. Um, Missy, we, we're all a little upset that Iberflus is still the coach, but you need to fucking suck it up, Buttercup. Fucking relax. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys got any uh, any other thoughts? I mean, oh, uh, I mean, from going back talking to Drew's, YouTube. Uh... Go ahead, go ahead. I know, going back to Drew's uh, first comment, like nice signing. The Cubs need another starter. I think I kind of agree. Uh, Jesse Rogers also do wrote it, on uh, do do it. Do on Wednesday. It. Actually, uh, never mind. That that was confusing. The way he worded it, did I didn't I didn't realize if he was still talking about Shota or if it was another guy. But I would still want Ooh, to top of the line. Hold on, we actually have a legit baseball question in the comments here. Bradley asks, is there a concern about him going from pitching every six days to every five? So I one, didn't, one, I didn't know that. And two, the bidding war continues with Southside Bum coming in at $11. Uh-oh, here we go. Who's got eleven oh one? Who's got eleven oh one? mustache rides again, baby. Bradley, <laughs> this, is, this is the kicker right here. The Cubs right now have a six-man rotation. You have. Oh. You have Justin Steele. You have Shota. You have Tyon. Um, you have Wicks, Hendricks, and Assad, and you have a six-man rotation. I think that's been being kicked around. The Cubs should, you know, go with a six-man rotation early in the season and slowly like pare it back and whittle it down later on. You get in the season, but you conserve some of those late-inning pushes by letting these guys go through a five or a six-day cycle. But the Cubs have that. If, unless they trade those guys away, I mean, other than sending Assad, Hendricks, or Wicks to the bullpen, you're looking at a six a six-starter rotation that that. I'm sure Craig Council is someone that would probably be someone that would be willing to utilize something like that, I guess. So it's not actually super like, like, it actually pairs up pretty well. Maybe that is the plan. I don't know. I'm not too I feel concerned like that's about becoming way more way more popular days. the six man rotation. More especially early. Early on, mm-hmm. especially in cold season, because maybe you get an extra bounce back. I can see them doing it, but uh, in terms of like the question of like, is it a concern? I don't think so. Like you've seen plenty of guys that make the transition. Like yeah. they're they're not doing it over there just like because like guys are requesting it. That's just how they do it. Like that's just just how in MLB it transitions to like, all right, we're gonna have a five man rotation. Like that's just how it is in the MPB. Like it's just yeah. a six man uh, or every six uh, <laughs> day for those guys. But I mean, we've seen plenty of guys. Obviously, not everybody is going to respond the same. But I mean, I don't think there's a big worry there. I'm sorry, I uh, I left. Joey P in the comments said "bum secrets," and the first thing (laughs) that popped in my head was I saw that movie on Skinamax. (laughs) (laughs) Delivered a pizza. That's how it starts. Um, It's on at 11:30 on a Friday. I I have this chart that showcases like some of the the pictures that you're probably more familiar with. Uh, Obviously, chart or chart, chart, a sharded, sharded chart. Actually, (laughs) it's it's actually weird. It's like almost like um avant-garde paint on the wall but with mud <laughs> um anyway so uh you got yamamoto sanga otani maeda maeda tanaka and darvish right these are the, this is the list yep. and when you look at their numbers uh when they came over the season before they came to the u.s playing the majors um sanga and uh shoda are the same age uh 29 um 
Maeda was 27. Uh, Otani obviously was 21. Um, people forget that he was really young when he came over. Um, Tanaka yeah. 24 and Darvis 24. So when you look at their last seasons there, um, Shota actually had a 2.66 ERA, which was the highest amongst all of those. Um, Yamamoto had a 116, Sanga had a 189, Otani had a 186, Darvish had a 144, Tanaka had a 127. Um, the K percentage is roughly, he's the second, uh, he's at 29.5%. Otani was the only one better at 31.2. So there's that, that, that contact miss, right? We're talking about. Um, walk ratio is by far the, the lowest of those, all of those pitchers. So that's a weird wrinkle in there too, is of all those great pitchers, his walk rate is literally 1% lower, I think, than anybody else. Um, and then his home runs per nine, everybody else is sitting at 0 0.1, 0 0.4, 0 0.3, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.2. His is 1.0. Yeesh. Oh, it's literally point six. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so those are things to kind of keep an eye on, but we're looking at probably a 13 plus win three, five plus ERA, maybe a strikeout leader uh, in the game, which is going to be good for the Cubs who are now going to probably have a number one, two number threes and three number fives uh, in their, in their starting rotation. The way I look Steph, at it. Steph is back. He says I mean, for $11 of price, that's, Eleven dollars and five cents. I will bleed the account in all caps. <laughs> I mean, who's Good got eleven oh six? Who's got eleven oh six? Eleven oh six. Not right here. Eleven oh six. I will say uh, some people who are down, uh, down on the signing. Bomb secrets. <laughs> uh, and they're like, "Oh man, you know this guy. All the team is backed out. Why isn't he? Why didn't he get a bigger deal?" And one of the pitchers they brought up is uh, Yusei Kikuchi. And even him, like he's had, he had like a down a couple of years with the, I think it was Toronto, but I mean he's he's been mm -hmm. solid. But even those two guys, completely different. And and Kevin, you keep bringing it up, and it's important. This guy does not walk, guys. Shota mm -hmm. yes. in Managa, unless just bad luck strikes him, and all of a sudden he can't find the strike zone. The Cubs are going to have a consistent strike thrower here. Yep. Uh, now, obviously, the concern is like too many, too many, too many good strikes for hitters. You're gonna get Jameson Tyone in June and July, uh, or like May and June of uh, of last year. But I, I don't have concerns of uh, of him like being a disappointment. I think at the very least, like he's gonna be a very solid, yep. solid pitcher for the Cubs. Three with upside is the way I look at it, since we don't really know how it's gonna yep. respond here with the different baseballs, and obviously the, the you know the change in weight, which is gonna be kind of minimal. It's really the tacky part. Of it. I think I worry more, but the dude is. Yep gonna go out there and he's gonna pitch and and he's gonna he, it locates is gonna eat innings for you too and they're gonna find an approach which is obviously one thing the cubs have going for him too and that that shoda has for him is the league doesn't know anything about him either so he's gonna have like a month month and a half where he's kind of like everyone else is flying blind against them because they really don't know this version of him at all and so that you know he could come out pretty hot uh, and then there's that adjustment period somewhere, you know, in, in June and, and maybe July where people, you know, they've got enough tape now where they can kind of break down a little bit more. And then he adjusts. And I think this guy's stuck around for as long as he has because he adjusts where he's at. So I don't see that stopping. He's a mature 30-year-old dude. And he's I mean, he's going to have MLB coaches with him yep. for the first time. Right. And again, not that it's better or worse, whatever, but it's different. But, you know, it, things become much more focused on – you only have two good pitches. All right, fine. Fucking you, you throw those 70% of the time. And uh, I think that's going to be the focus uh, with the Cubs. Yeah. 
I just can't believe someone's actually like complaining about it. Like that to me is someone complaining just to complain. That's a yeah. I I mean I, I don't I don't know if it's in no, terms I don't of the contract. He, yeah, he, but I think it's just the picture contract. himself. I think it's the picture profile I've seen. Because uh, again, this is also another interesting one. Because it's not like I mean uh, Yamamoto. Everybody everybody was basically on board. Like hey, this guy is like ace type material. He's twenty five. You spend the big money on this guy. For Imanaga, it's I'm not going to say it's like 50-50, but it feels like 60-40 positive. But there's a lot of stuff out there. It's like, oh, this guy's only a one-pitch pitcher. His stuff isn't going to play in MLB. Oh, wait, wait. We got a oh. brother bidding war. We got a brother Uh-oh. bidding war now. Oh, this is... We got a brother bidding war. <laughs> Mike Burnett comes in. Try me. I'm here at $9.99. Let's go. Oh, small. I'm I'm feeling the love, though, fellas. Feeling the love here. This is actually kind of getting wild. But <laughs> I guess to kind of put a bow on... Uh, the signing there, though, I think we all agree, low risk, high reward for probably a third starter. Yeah, they, yep. they basically replaced Marcus Stroman and like paid a guy like yes. seven, eight million dollars less. Yep. So now, the, but yeah, I will say this: Stroman's war, yeah, his projected war too. But yeah, okay, it's like a run like two and a half, right? Yep, like two and a half, two point six. Mm-hmm. But now, you, okay, so you save those eight million dollars. Go fucking spend it. <laughs> Keep yep. going, Jed. I'm glad Keep you woke going. up. Okay, Cody. Cody. Keep going. What kind of name is Cody? Sorry. Uh, actually, that's a good segue, though. Uh, John Heyman uh, also saying that the Cubs are probably going to get two out of the three: Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Reese what was the third Hoskins. one? Reese, Reese Hoskins. Hoskins. I still don't know why Pete Alonso just evaporated. That was like the big rumor right when the offseason started, but. Well, out of those three, there's still those, time, though. Yeah, out of those three, though, <laughs> pick two. If it was up to me, well, it depends. Well, well okay, Cody Bellinger. It's Cody Bellinger. Who else, you, it, yeah, who else do you want with Cody Bellinger? I should say. I Reese. If you look at Reese Hoskins' number, I know he he came off. He's coming off the ACL, but this mm-hmm. dude's a legit power hitter. This guy's dude, like thirty home runs guaranteed. Piss missiles, dude. Yes, I know. I know the defense is bad, (laughs) but hey, that's why the DH exists. So, yep. Give me, give me Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins. I, you know, I'm. Oh my God! I jumper over the top. Whoa! Whoa! Lil Lil Zo training money. Fucking Mitch. But you got you've got kick rocks, Mitch. Who's got fifteen oh one? Who's got fifteen oh one? I you look at the I, I love Chapman. I love his defense. Um I think he could be a, a fun cub to have. But I think and, and I think it really does it, how sold are the Cubs on Matt Mervis? Um that obviously yeah. I mean, how how sold are they are any on any other righty coming up in their system right now that Hoskins is, is a good acceptable righty to place over, you know, throw over there as like a platoon guy. Uh, you know, obviously he provides one benefit over there, but there's other ways if, if they get you, I don't know. I think I like Chapman. I think I like Chapman more than Hoskins just because I think the defense and I, you know, I'm tired of fucking Patrick wisdom and no offense to Nick magical. I'd rather just it be an established third baseman and not worry about it. Cause by the way, though, third baseman, they're like so the quarter want to get really yeah. annoying uh, with Nick Madrigal trade talks, bring him up to uh, the Seattle Mariners Ooh. because their GM Why keeps they saying mad? how they want a contact hitter, like infielder, and oh, Cubs on. fans are quick Stay on with it. Me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Nick Madrigal, 
Uh-huh. Short guy, Seattle, yeah. Emerald mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. We represent the Lollipop Kings, Wizard of Oz, Magical Goes There, hits 300. Hey, hey or- that's what Jed Hoyer needs to be on the phone with Jerry DePoto saying. I am the leprechaun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's coming. You failed us, so you failed us. I'm pretty sure that I just sold. Is that a flashlight. It's so bright. Oh, it's so bright. And the... <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep that sales pitch going because our guy Lyle wasn't in on Nick Madrigal when he joined oh. us a couple months ago. Oh, <laughs> I know. Well, Lyle actually watches baseball, so <laughs> but. I don't know. I, I feel like Seattle likes those guys at second base. They like the the little contact guy playing. I feel like Seattle's always had that guy. Like they had yeah. Frazier. That didn't really they, work out. They but. need to have something though, because like they're they're kind of like at a plateau where like they haven't taken that next step. They I don't know. I mean, I not that Nick Madrigal is that next step, but they right. they want to mix something up there. So I who would you take over the Cubs? Two items: Cody Bellinger, I'm, and then who? I'm taking Bellinger. I've told you guys though from the start of this offseason. Everybody has those guys that you don't really know why, but you're just a fan of that guy. And I know for me, a lot of it is I absolutely rake with this dude on MLB the show. But <laughs> I am a big Chapman fan. Okay. At okay. third. He I dude, anytime they put out a new Chapman card, if you he, he was player of the month this season so I, he had a 99 lightning card and then he had all this i go out of my way to go get that shit because i it's something about his swing in that game i just hit fucking nukes with it but to me it's a little bit more of a sure thing now reese Hoskins is good i'm not taking away again piss missiles but the defense is a little shaky and the injury part is a little concerning. I guess it would depend on the price tag, but Chapman's going to be a little bit more expensive, but he's better. He's pretty good defensively. I know he had a bit of a down year, but also he, he can had a hit. Weird year. He had a weird year. He because, like I said, he won a Player of the Month card, which means you got to be the best. No, like, he, he the was best on player. fire for like the yeah. first six to eight weeks, and then he just fell off. Or the, like to me, flip. if the Cubs can get Chapman and Bellinger, they're cooking. I just like Chapman, and I feel like the Cubs have been trying to get a third baseman for a while since Chris left. That's KB, yeah. Since KB, and, and, uh, the main it reason gives me peace because I don't want. I'm just I, I, Patrick Wisdom is fine, but I just can't, can the I, can the Rockies just it. trade uh, KB to the Cubs like for free? Well, though, is he playing first base now? Yeah, he's playing yeah. first. There you go. There's the Cubs' new first base. Oh, that'd be dope. Uh, <laughs> the reason, the main <laughs> reason, <laughs> I would prefer uh, Hoskins over Chapman. Is just the Cubs need a power bat, and Chapman. I know, like, great. He's he's even in a down season, he was still a pretty good defensive third baseman. Mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins to me is just more of the guarantee power guy. Even Jeez, even coming beast. off the injury, um, Chapman. I don't know, man. Some of those numbers are scary. And again, like you talked about, the commitment's going to be longer. Reese Hoskins only going to get one, two years, maybe. Like he's going to get a Cody Bellinger like deal from last year. Hold on. Um, um, what Chapman had a. An unbelievable month last year. No, he, he was on fire, dude. Yeah. I got to find out the, the stats that month. Hold on. I think, like, through through May, I think he was still good, maybe. Or maybe through the middle of May. I forget. Yeah. Um, but he sure is up yeah. your third base, man. Yeah. Oh, sure. oh no. Chap- if Chapman like, is 32. Cubs don't ask a good question. What happens to Chris Matt Matt. This is yeah. a good 
get Cody Bellinger and let's say like, hey, PCA is crazy. He made all of this work in the offseason. He shows up to spring training mm-hmm. and he wins that job in center field. That means Cody Bellinger moves to first base. The Cubs have a hell of a defense, let me tell you. Chapman, mm-hmm. Swanson, Horner, yeah. Bellinger. Yeah. And then, you, you know, the catchers. Yeah. Gomes is aging, but, you know, Amaya coming up. So, PCA in center covering mm-hmm. everything. Ooh. Yeah. It's a very good defense. And, and Chapman, you ask, uh, also ask what happens with Morel. Well, let's be honest. That based on the reviews that are coming back from the winter stuff, I don't think we want him playing third base every day at this point. Because Morel, that's the other thing. Because like be a DH, he DH, we can put him in a trade, get a legit another legit pitcher. Uh, but I, uh, oh, I, right, I want so him. To, I want him of- to earn the job, but I just don't know. I don't know if, if the defense is going to get there. I hope it does because that would so- be ideal. Because the way he hits. It was, Chapman came out of the gates hot. His April, May, he had 100 at-bats. He had 38 hits, 15 doubles, 5 home runs, 21 RBIs. He actually stole the base, okay? 14 walks, only struck out 26 times. He was, his batting average, his slash line was 384, 465, 687 with an OPS of 1.152. He obviously cooled off from that. I mean, he only hit over 200 in July. Every other month was sub was 200 or below. He finished the season as a 4.4 B war guy with 17 home runs, and he had five of those in the first two months. The first month of the season. That feels like Uh, uh, yeah, 240 batting average, and then 331 OBP, 424 slugging, 755 OPS, 108. Shout out. OPS plus. Okay, read his April again. His April. Just Although, read, read really? his slash line and his WRCP RC plus if you can. I don't have the WRC plus, but All his right. slash line was 384, 465, 687. Okay. With a OPS of 1.152. I'm okay, I'm okay now, is... by the way. Because he doesn't he doesn't go over for long periods of time. He'll he he peppers in a hit. Even he'll go one for five. He doesn't just go disappear for like like six days. So I'm sorry, I'll stand back. This is Matt Chapman from May one until the end of the season, four hundred and sixty-seven plate appearances. His slash line was a two hundred five batting average, a two ninety-eight on base percentage, a three sixty-one slug, and again for you know people who don't love all the new stats or whatever. A WRC plus of 100 is a league average hitter. His what was, was 84 Ooh, for not, the last five great. months of the season. He was bad, guys. Not but, great. But, not but great. This, was, this is why I said he had a weird season. He was he was like one of the top hard hit like leaders. He his yep. barrel percentage was high. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's so like it doesn't make any sense. Where the hell did all those hard hit balls? Did he just have the most unlucky season ever? Like what the hell? What was his? Uh, what was his stat that all White Sox fans love? What was his BAPIP? BAPIP. Uh, let's see the BAPIP. BAPIP. I just like saying. Bap. Also, while you're looking that up, I like to sprinkle in. He was a Gold Glove third baseman too. I you mean, know, like that's the thing. The Everyone like like oh man, he had a down season can't defensively. The glove. He he had a two seventy six BAPIP. Uh, okay. And his overall in his career, his BAPIP has been 295. 
So that does indicate there was some bad luck there. But it yeah. wasn't it wasn't crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's still not great. Actually, no. Actually, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that that was his BAPIP during his uh, cold stretch. Overall, oh. his BAPIP was 319. His career is 295. Okay. So huh. it was actually uh, better. Everybody's favorite uncle. No, not Uncle Tickles. Uncle Beefloaf <laughs> says, yeah, in Joe Sheehan's newsletter, talked about how the ballpark dimensions hurt him some with that. Although in Toronto, I'm guessing that's okay. referring to the the fielding. Is that no, what he's talking about? no, he's talking about the hitting. The, I'm oh, the hitting. Oh, I'm sorry. Because that's the thing, okay. Matt Chapman. He again, he had his barrel percentage. I think it was either the highest of his career or the second oh, highest. That, that his hard hit percentage was up. On the thing to say. <laughs> oh, I mean, you oh, could also no. think 2023 is a down yes, year. Yes, exactly. 27. I don't yeah, think he would be that bad because at least yeah. Matt Chapman can still be a solid yeah. defender. Eric Hosmer was yeah. cooked. I think Eric Hosmer's a that's a brutal comparison. That's rough. No, that, that was brutal, but <laughs> but I all right. So let's go back to the topic of Can though. You it would did... be a similar story because Eric Hosmer had a hot six weeks and the Cubs signed him. And then he was bad. You go ahead and you get yourself a this all kind of depends too on so let's say they'll get Chapman and Hopkins. And Hoskins, sorry, not Hopkins. Hoskins, is that a? Do you guys think that's the loss if they miss out on Bellinger and it's it's Chapman and Hoskins? I would I it's a loss similar to last off season, where the Cubs got better, they got better players, but they could have gotten even better players. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to complain that hey, if you're getting Matt Chapman, you're that's a commitment. You're like spending four or five years, a hundred million dollars on a guy Damn, who's 30, realize. 31. Like that's a risk. Hey, you, you're 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 rolling the dice on that. You're willing to spend that. Hoskins, not a guy. As much as I like him, he is coming off ACL. But again, I think that's still a safer bet because it's only going to be a one, two year deal, mm-hmm. maybe three years at the most for Hoskins. The Cubs need star power. The Cubs need star power. I know Cody Bellinger yeah. had all the fucking bad ball data that was terrible, but he I saw him carry the Cubs for like a month and a half. That team was on his back, and that's just something that the Cubs don't have outside of him. Yep. And I, to, I'm, I go a step further. It's a loss. It's a bad offseason if, if Bellinger's not coming back at this point for me. Because uh, you're not only replacing his it's bat, true. but you're also taking a playoff team, a non-playoff team with his bat, and you, now you're going to have to make it that up plus uh, whatever you know breaks that divide. So I just – and besides that, he's literally – it's Cody Bellinger, man. I mean, Can't I, I get it. It's just, it, he's too much of a guy that, that honestly this fan base needs um, because of what he brings as like just a personality too. And he doesn't even say a shit ton. He just like the way he is, his body language, he's fun to watch. No, and so smiles, summers, like, summers, he looks at, yeah, he's a blast and, and he's, and he's great at what he does. And so that's, it's just, uh, it, it would be very disappointing because you're getting, again, Pete Crow Armstrong, a young left-handed talented defensive, uh, supremely gifted ball player could learn from a world champion uh, how to be a pro. And I think that there's more to it with Cody Bellinger than just his, his bat and his defense, but it's also what he brings as a mentor and as a locker room guy, because he is, he's a chill dude and he brings a lot more levity to intense situations. He's a great teammate. He always, you know, anyone that plays with him freaking loves him. He's just that kind of guy. He's a, he's a guy that is a positive. He's positive away from the ball. too. Although, although, 
I'll get it. I got ready? it. Ready? You put him on. I'll get it. All right. You ready? Kick rocks, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitch. Oh, oh, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. oh Mitch. Come back. Oh, Come back. Ah, <laughs> oh, there he is. That, that- Kick rocks, Mitch. Kick rocks, Mitch. The finest addition to this show <laughs> I think I've made, and I had nothing to do with it. Mitch, I swear to God, I was just very innocently scrolling through TikTok, and this guy came out. I'm like, oh, this dude looks funny. I'm going to just – I'll give him the 60 seconds to watch the video. And then he just drops that at the very end, and I was like, wait <laughs> – the fuck did he just say? It's like, hold on. It caught me off guard too. Cause like I was watching the beginning of it after like reading your tag. I, I saw you tag me and I'm like watching it. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't like try and explain. And then the end caught me off guard. I was like, oh shit. Kick right there. Yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere. So we're talking about, we broke down the Cubs newest pitcher, Mitch. And then we're talking about a successful rest of the off season. And pretty much the consensus from the comment section from FIDS is that if they don't get Bellinger, it's a it's a big old L. Even if they get like a Chapman and a Hoskins, it's still an L. And oh yeah, right, right, before, L, yeah. right before you came on, I just wanted to throw in there. Fangraphs has the projection for Hoskins for 2024. Again, I know fuck projections, but still this is just interesting to me. 29 home runs, 242, 332, 461 with a WRC plus of 116 and a two war. I mean, that doesn't sound terrible to me. I'll take that. So, go on to Reese Hoskins' fan graphs. Like, year in, year out. Yes, I know. The defense is shaky. A WRC plus never gets lower than 112. Yeah, I mean, he's he's consistent. And power, that's the the big thing. You need Mm -hmm. power. You you need home runs. Like, you need that big slugger in the middle of the lineup. And Shaw's on the way at third, by the way, too. I, we keep forgetting that, too. Yeah. He's a big power bat, too. So. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm flipping I over to Hoskins. I changed my mind. It's just, it's just, I think it's more of a, again, nothing is a guarantee. But it's for me, it's more of a sure bet of who's going to pay off offensively. Matt Chapman on a rebound or Reese Hoskins, who's been consistently good throughout his entire career? And I Reese Hoskins. Dude, freaking boy. Six four two forty five. That boy drank his milk when he was a kid. Holy <laughs> shit, that's a big fucking boy. But well, now cow. that Mitch is here, we can actually we'll pivot a little bit. There's two White Sox stories of note that uh, came out since the last show. One isn't really that big of a deal. I think people are just making it a big deal because they hear a certain name and all of a sudden it's the fucking boogeyman and it's. You got to stop doing this, folks. But Luis Robert, all-star, all-world, whatever, center fielder for the White Sox, has signed Scott Boris as his agent. And I saw some people freaking out about it. People are already like, oh, goodbye, blah, 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 blah. Scott Boris isn't the fucking boogeyman guy. Like, Luis Robert was going to get paid anyways. His contract status doesn't change. Nothing changes. No, no the biggest thing about that, that is – it's like Luis Robert, he signed for another like three to four years. 
He's fine. Nothing changed. It doesn't yeah, change. Nothing changed. Like you, you weren't gonna re-sign Luis Robert Jr. anyway. No. This was, all this as... means is that Luis Robert Jr. is just gonna have a bigger payday. This is all and that again, means. I like, hate saying it, this because I don't want to wish White Sox anyway. <laughs> I don't want to wish ill against anybody because I think it's bad karma. But if Jerry still owns this team in three to four years, Luis Robert's not coming back. Yeah. Oh, and that was always the issue. Not. Yeah. Not um, boogeyman. Since no, Jerry, not who his agency is. People upset about that just shows how the White Sox operate. They're conditioned, like, oh, this guy's going to get paid. It looks like we're not getting him. Right. That's terrible. It's a horrible, like, perspective. And the thing is, you should be happy to know that Luis Roberts' best interests are now in the hands of the best in the business. The, best. the yes. best. So he's going to be taken care of with an entirely different professional support system than he's ever had in his entire career. People that are literally living and breathing his best interests 24 hours a day. This Mitch, is we're just driving over a wake-up strip. No, you know, it's, those bumpy uh, things that go. <laughs> no, tickle. the roads are like shit. That was actually a snowplow that just went by. I'm outside a bacon processing plant in Moberly because the animal fat that they're dumping out through their pipes is going into this like waste lagoon and it's stinking up the city. So they've gotten like two uh, odor complaints from the Department of Natural Resources, which I didn't even know was a thing. But fun fact, so, they do it under like Missouri standards. Like you get an odor complaint, they have like a standard you have to use at this like instrument called a nasal ranger, and that's how they <laughs> determine if your city has an odor violation. I so, saw, I saw a nasal ranger open up for an. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the Riviera. Look, if you great. get the chance, Google a nasal ranger. It's funny as hell. It's like this big telescope that they put up to their nose. And like it looks ridiculous, but I guess it dilutes the air, and if like you can still smell it through it, then Hold like on, I'm looking this shit I just have a picture of a guy on a horse. By the way, again, for I don't get why White Sox fans would be Are you serious? That, that Luis Robert Jr. got Scott he's, Boris. He's doing a joke, yeah. He's... Is it like the school horn? Is it like no, the school horn? It. But... I'll get it up here. Just you guys keep talking. I'll get the oh. nasal ranger up. I have to make sure Luis Robert Jr. is signed through 2027. He's, like, I, it's, I it's it doesn't fine. change anything. People yeah. just get scared anything. when they see Big Bad Scott Boris is now representing their favorite player. Who gives a shit? Green jacket, gold well, jacket, who like, gives a shit? Well, I think it's the same reason all these Sox fans are like, well, like, we got to trade C's, got to trade, because Boris is his agent too. And everyone thinks he's going to get paid and they're not going to re-sign him either. I mean, I would argue, I mean, it would don't, I'm, for my thing with like C's, like I, I wouldn't just trade him to trade him like i'm happy the way he's like playing those negotiations and i would actually be fine if they made an effort to extend him but we all know they won't because he's got boris as his agent they're not gonna <laughs> want to play that's it's just how we're and same thing with robert yep there you go is that the nasal ranger that's the nasal, nasal ranger. ranger wait why, why did they just use that uh that why did they just use that mask uh, that they use in Jackass? Remember the, when they hooked it up to the it, guy? Because it's up? not in the Missouri Air Regulations code. So some dude, some dude just strolled up to a bacon plant, threw this on the face, and was like, "Yep, they'll smell bacon." No, so interestingly down. enough, this basin—it's like really on the strong. opposite side of town from this bacon plant, and it's been smelling like shit for a while. And like all these people were complaining. And so, like, said he was like, yeah, it's this bacon. How, how much? Like how much? It's like a sleep apnea device. What is the yearly salary of being the, like, uh, the official shit sniffer? <laughs> to go. You, you get enough calls, you show up, and then uh, then you got it. Yeah. Then, then you start smelling. I don't know. Probably not enough, though, is, is my I'm guess. I'm Googling how much. Nasal, nasal Ranger used to be called the French. Yeah, how much does a Nasal Ranger go, get? But, yeah. That thing is. 
Well, um, so that was that, and then uh, the nasal ranger, a hobbyist weed farm's worst enemy. This is how they narc out weed farms. Apparently, I that's so. all I, I just always use I'm against dragging the jukebox, the bro. Yeah, Nasal Ranger sniffs out marijuana plants in Michigan. All of these Nasal Ranger stories are all about them just basically busting weed farms. Well, here it's because their sewage waste basin is too stinky for the neighbors, and they're complaining. So It doesn't say how much they make. Oh, yeah, not enough. (laughs) No, no. Well, not if they're narcs, dude. They're just going around some dudes. But anyways, looks like an (laughs) Alabama fan. That's funny. Uh, what's I gonna say? Oh, the other news though is it came out that flashing lights, according to a couple different sources, that the uh Yankees, the Yankees, oh, yeah, updated their wish list to Dylan Cease, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery. Shocker. Um, but the biggest things that were holding up the Yankees with Dylan Cease was they were hesitant to trade Spencer Jones as part of the trade package. And two, the White Sox still believe they can get a better trade package from Baltimore, hopefully. Um, so the names that are being thrown out there from – I'm reading this off of Sox on 35th, but uh, apparently Jason Dominguez, who we've all talked about on this show, is completely off the table. The Yankees basically said that's a non-starter. Don't even ask. It's not happening. So they're offering up Spencer Jones, who is an outfielder, and then Chase Hampton, who is a pitcher in the minors that has been shooting up the Yankees system. Double A, he was 2-2 with a 4-3-70 ERA, striking out 27.4% of hitters and only walking 8%. He still has room to grow, but clearly has a lot of upside. I guess the big prize here would be Spencer Jones. Uh, 117 games in A plus and AA ball, 267, 336, 444, 16 homers, 43 stolen bases, 29 doubles. So apparently, a lot of people think he's going to be a 30 30 type guy in the outfield. Spencer Jones, um, is well, for what? For our old friend Bob Nightingale. Yep. Go ahead. What our old friend Bob Nightingale was reporting this weekend that he's looking for two top 100 prospects or two premier prospects, they said, and then two others on top of the two top 100 or premier prospects. That makes sense. I think those are just the two premier ones that would be coming from New York. Yeah. I think there'd probably be some and change put in there. But if those two guys were the headliners, is that a yes? You guys want that? Do you guys take that? I, since day one, and I'm still holding out to this until a trade happens, I want them to trade with Baltimore. I don't and, really care for Baltimore as long as we get a good return. If he gets the well, asking price he's looking for, then I don't care who it's with. I think obviously Baltimore would be ideal, number one farm system. Yeah, we and we've talked this almost into the ground about what Baltimore can offer. I just the only thing that I'm hoping that comes out with this news is Baltimore sees it and ups their offer. I just don't want them, which I don't think he is. Like I alluded to, I I just don't want them to trade him for the sake of trading him. I would not right. be upset if they don't get the price they want and they held on to him opening day. Because they can afford to be patient. And one of these teams is going to get desperate, especially midway through like the season. You think you have a good team. You think you're a pitcher away. You know, you're going to be more willing to 
and he's still pitching oh, for money. He's pitching for yeah. a contract still. Yeah. So like he's going to perform. He's not going to underperform. Just right. stuck. He's going to go out and perform because it's good for him in the future too. So you're going to get the best of what he got. And yeah, at the deadline, maybe the value even increases. Maybe he's I'm deep. starting to, I'm starting to lean towards uh, the White Sox waiting until July. Yeah, to same. I'm, I'm getting more towards it, but if they're not just please do it soon. I'm so sick of talking about this shit. <laughs> But also, <laughs> not Justin. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> well, selfishly too, I don't know if I can watch uh, fucking cruelly pitch every fifth day or whoever the, these other hacks they just signed. Like, if, easy, I, I need to easy about we, 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 we show some respect Fetty for the Korean MVP Eric Fetty. We'll see. Unfortunately, I saw him pitching the MLB before he went. Over to the KB. But he, you got again. things changed, Mitch. And I got a little spoiler for you. It's going to be brutal, even with C's. The season's going to suck balls, dude. No, I mean, but at least it'll be like you, you feel like you have a fighting chance once every fifth day. That's how it was with Chris Sale back in the day. Like they were always terrible. But when Sale was yeah. pitching, it's like, okay, you know, we have a shot to win this game. That's fair. Ooh, are you going to sign a right fielder? I think I saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other. Gets his, he said, it's a funny quote because he's like, well, we have internal options, but you never know. Actually, yeah, I want to upgrade right field. It was like, okay. That, that escal- <laughs> he was that just mentally going to the depth yeah. chart, and he's like, yeah. wait, shit, yes. I yeah, still need right. a right fielder right. who Fuck can it. hit like Oscar 200. Is, yeah, he's like, Oscar Cole, shit. Okay, yeah, we're still going to improve right field. To me, that's... Jorge Soler still. For, uh, I mean, we talked about Reese Hoskins and his bad defense. I don't, you don't want Soler playing a lot of right field. I don't give a shit. I, I just want home runs. No, I just want to be better, entertaining. Um, yeah, but it's a one-year. I mean, at this point, just get a No, no, he's out. not getting one year. What are you talking about, dude? Well, Jorge Soler is waiting to like cash a, in. Yeah, well, he's that's why he's still waiting. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to get well, a, He's yeah. not going to cash in. There's too many injuries. He was too he was too inconsistent. There's too many injuries for him to get like I don't and I think that's why he's still free agent. I don't think he's gonna cash in what he thinks he's gonna get. Apparently my Miami didn't even call him. Did you see that? What's up? Miami fucking put him to voicemail. Oh, they don't know what the hell (laughs) Miami was just like nah. They're just like nah, son. But I don't know. I don't think the White Sox will pay a Solaire. Because they have Eloy, who's like Solaire Light. So I just thought Except it'd be more fun. Him. I just think it'd be more fun to watch Solaire. Um, yeah. Or Solaire. That's my um, we're going to be bad anyway. I'd rather watch bad defense. Gavin Sheets is bad defense. No, I'm, I mean, he's whole. You guys keep saying Solaire's bad in right field. Like, I didn't just watch Gavin Sheets play a whole season in right field. That's why you got uh, at least Solaire will hit some home runs with it too. Gavin Sheets won't. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the smiley guy from the fucking Rays. Yeah, what's his name? Fel- Damn. Brett, yeah, Phillips. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, he can play defense. Let him run around there. He's he looks like a Labrador retriever out there, Just all smiling, running <laughs> around and shit. <laughs> Let him go. He That's does look time. like yeah, defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's a Labrador. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen. We have reached the point of the offseason where MLB Network is putting out their horrible top 10 list <laughs> for each position. Oh. 
So tonight kicked it off with catchers. Oh. Where's Yasmani Grandal? I'll go go bottom to top. It's like the Oscars. Number 10, Gabriel Moreno from the Diamondbacks. Number 9, Kyle Raleigh from the Mariners. Number 8, Yanner Diaz from the Astros. Number 7, Alejandro Kirk. Number 7, huh? Okay. Number 6, Wilson Contreras. Number 5, William Contreras. Oh. Number four, JT Realmuto. Number three, Sean Murphy. Number two, Will Smith. And number one, Adley Rutschman. Martin okay. Maldonado got screwed. <laughs> Def- I mean, he's I mean, a defensive shot. Jonah Haim, him, Haim, him, 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 From Texas, he's pretty good. I think I got him on there over... Well, definitely over Alejandro Kirk. I don't know why the fuck Alejandro Kirk's on here. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, four newcomers to the top ten list, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Jonah was the starter on the All Star or starter on the champion, made the All Star game, won the Gold Glove, and didn't make the top ten. God, these lists are so bad. I love how bad they are. We kind of talked about it. I did it on my fucks like us to talk about them. Well, exactly. I, I was going to say, me and Beef talked about it on the Azure earlier yeah. this week. We're doing exactly what they want us to do. By the it's way, I have funny. never proposed doing a draft, all right? Throwing me under the bus. I've never once pitched a draft idea. Just yeah, saying. but you came at my kids, so I'm going to throw you under the bus on every show I do for the well, rest of the year. Well, that is fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you guys want some, fair, do you guys want some names for the top just free agent this. right fielders remaining? No, because they're all top? bad. They're all do bad. Do you guys want Randall Grichik? He had a solid season no. in Colorado and then the Angels, I think. Right. Will Myers? Bring season? back Tyler Naquin? Kevin Pillar, Cole Calhoun. That's it. Cole Calhoun sounds like a white sock. <laughs> that that sounds like a that would it be really a great kind of signing. That would be like a twenty like a contending. Yeah, we got a Cole Calhoun. By the way, Jorge Soler is just flat out listed as a DH. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're not even fucking with it anymore. Oh, bring back Billy Hamilton. Oh, don't start. There that we shit. go. Uh, Adam Engel. How about Kyle Lewis? <laughs> Adam Duvall, actually, Adam Duvall would be in. Is he not signed yet? Adam Duvall that, would be a solid. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is someone that the 108 has been beating the drum for. Adam all Duvall, I think, would be a solid signing for the White Sox. He had, wasn't he? Was on fire for the Red Sox, and then he got hurt. Yeah, but he still had a great season. 834 APS, not great season, but a good season. 834 OPS, hit 24 home runs, 92 games. Ooh. Yeah, he, had, he, he was play. he was playing really well for the Red Sox, and then he remembered how old he was. <laughs> Adam Duvall, right fielder. Get him. No, thanks. I don't even know what they're going to do. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't even really care at this point. <laughs> I feel like it's going to make a difference. I'm with you. It's like... Man, a year ago we had the White Sox win the the AFC. This is sad. The only way this season is like salvageable is, is if it turns into a, a fucking thirty for thirty or a Disney movie. No, they they either need to be surprisingly good or really bad. Because if they're yep. just like 
scoring 71 win team, like who cares? I want them to have like and Chris the signing they needed. Like I want I don't even know who like Andrew Vaughn good like strangling someone in the clubhouse like in April or I don't know. Like give me give me crazy give me the crazy sock shit again. Give me like a boycott in spring training because uh, I don't know somebody let the like the, give me another Adam LaRoche. What if I told you Eric Fetty was the missing piece? <laughs> no, it's Chucky Robinson. Remember? Oh yeah, forgot yeah, about Chucky, Chucky dude. Chucky. Yeah, Chucky I, and Chris Flexit, the dynamic. I think we brought up Chucky Robinson like. Like two hours and fifteen minutes in, I made him the the title of the episode. <laughs> that could be Chucky Robinson. Someone needs to fight Jose Ramirez once a month. I don't keep I, actually, hey, I love let me that. Tell you, there's not any, any many other White Sox Cubs podcasts that are talking about Chucky Robinson. So no, no one's got the scoop. On this Chucky is this yeah. is the Chuck. official podcast for Chucky Robinson. Yeah, this is. I'm not kidding. We That's could my new Sebi. Chucky is going to be my new Sebi. That's going to be yeah. the guy I latch on to. For I no don't think it'd be extremely difficult to get Chucky Robinson on this show. Chucky? I don't either. Just got to reach out. Take initiative, someone. I'm like Seb. <laughs> Seb didn't want to come on. He fucking big-timed us. Well, yeah, he did. People forget. Yep. Man hits three big time us. For pinwheels. That was painful. Yep, we were all about Seb, and then he big-timed us. Hurt. Stood up for him. I was going to buy nuts. When uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? O'Neill going after him. Yep. Yeah, Chucky Ross banging the drum for him to still be the backup when he had a 400 OPS. Is Sebi uh, is Sebi unemployed? No, no, he got traded. Remember, see, remember oh, the the right. trade broke in one of our in, uh, live streams. He's in uh, Emerald City. Yeah, Chucky is from Danville. Let's go, Chucky. Whoa. All right. Chucky Robinson. (laughs) Out of the big free agents, right? Now that Shota has signed, his deadline's over with, the pitchers should get signed now. Who's the next big free agent to sign? Snell Montgomery, I think, are the two big ones. I agree. But who signs first? Snell to the Yankees. Yankees? Yeah, the Yankees. Who goes to the Giants? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, who goes to the Giants? The Giants are going to spend. Yeah, like who? They'll get. <laughs> They're kind of. I think they get Matt Chapman. Like Carlos Rodon. You know, I, I can see him getting Chapman. Get, I hope they don't get Cody Ballinger. I hope they get Matt Chapman, don't and have. he has very mediocre seasons for them. Yeah, I. My heart goes out to Giants fans. Why? They won three titles in six years. What are you talking about? In the last five years. Oh, shit. Dude, it has to be brutal, though. Every offseason, you're tied to, like, the biggest free agents, and then you just get no one. And now people are just shitting. Better than, uh-oh, Scott Porras is for Luis Roberts' agent. Looks like we're not really Yeah, I was going to say, that's better than, like, oh, man, Andrew Benintendi has the highest contract in our franchise history, $75 million. Hey, hey, I'm not saying I feel worse for them than I do the White Sox fans. It's not a fucking contest. It's just every fucking offseason. I mean, they got Arson Judge lined up. They got – it's just brutal, man. Hey, Rhea, they could have worked – they could have reworked Correa's deal. The Twins did it. That's true. He needed didn't to get have, the, 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 the – Did 
didn't they have Soto and didn't they didn't the Padres snake him or no? Who did they have that got snaked? And another Scherzer. 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 Was it Scherzer? Maybe. Yep. No, that was the Padres. The Padres, Padres had Scherzer. That was Padres got yeah. Who was it? Oh. Nobody else. It was just the free agents. They they were just used in free agency. That's what the Giants. Yeah, were they for. yeah they just right. did a lot. Um, Mitch, do you got any uh, NASCAR? NASCAR oh, yeah, talk wait, you want to get in? Your picks again, Mitch, because we were like out of it last Friday. I, I don't even remember Friday's show, to be honest with you. I wasn't <laughs> even that drunk. I was just like space Wait, well, we need to make some money on your picks, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Daytona 500 best bet is like, because like speedways are a shit show. Like it's kind of like a wild card. Anyone can win a super speedway. Some guys are better than others, but like even the shitty cars, you have a chance. Manufacturer bet is your best chance to like win money. Ford is the best bet. I feel like they work really On well. Every race? No, no, just for the Daytona 500. If we're okay. talking like Daytona, because that's the big one most people are gonna watch. Daytona 500. Ford best manufacturer bet. If you want to get really crazy and bet on a driver, I think Brad Keselowski would be my pick. Mm. He's been close a couple times. Oh, he's the dude from Monsters. Big joke, Zell. Yep, he's he always yeah. wins here. He always wins the biggest. <laughs> I'm literally writing this down. I'm writing dude from monsters. Wait, don't we still have to do Zoe's live stream of a NASCAR race? Yep. Yeah, that's got to come. We do. That should be, that should be the Daytona 500. What's the date? Playback February 14th. Playback. Valentine's Day. Perfect. Oh yeah. February February 18th. February 18th. The Daytona 500. All right, it's a possibility. It Playback, playback's dead. We can't do playback. No, but... just live stream it. Oh, we'll be on here with you. We'll just live stream it. Well, yeah, that's funny. You know what that is? That's actually uh, February 18th. Absolutely not, Mike. That's the day before President's See, Day. That's, so, that's Sunday before a national holiday, too, by the way. So this was the biggest, biggest news of the week for NASCAR, Joey P said, but I didn't want to bore you with uh, what the chassis is going to look this like. Is going to affect Ford? <laughs> It'll affect all the cars, but only Go short ahead, tracks. Yeah, give, give us the the cliff notes. Oh, so basically, yeah. like <laughs> two years ago, they got a whole new car and they wanted to make it like cheaper. So it's like everyone got the same parts and pieces for these cars. They called it like the next gen car. It was supposed to make everything like cheaper, um, but there was a lot of safety issues with it. And the so the intermediate tracks, like mile and a half, the racing got a lot better with this new car. But, like, the short tracks, like Bristol and, like, um, Martinsville is a good example. Like, it all of a sudden sucked. And that's, like, how they used to come up because, like, everyone loved watching Bristol because, like, you know, they just bang into each other. But now no one can pass with this new car. So they've been, like, fiddling with the parts they give NASCAR and, like, what they're allowing them to, like, (laughs) use for it to, like, try and make the racing better. So they just just got a new rear wing on it, and then they've changed the rules for uh, road courses. They're going to stage breaks. So there Hmm. you go. I know you don't care, mm. but that's technically that's mm. SmartGuts version mm. of what happened. Does that mean more or less accidents? They're hoping it'll make more, so they'll get closer together. Right, and be I'm more, in. Uh, I'm more, in. More pass. Oh, it's right the now, dragons, not the giants. Pass that's that's the biggest issue. All right, I'm in then. I'm definitely in. Uh, Drew, yes, playback. I don't know what happened to them, but they lost a lot of. Uh, Basically, MLB is like, yeah, no, 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 no. You no show games for free. Oh, uh, <laughs> fiddling in cars is how Reese McGuire got arrested. Carjacking. 
<laughs> oh, don't yank it. That was a terrible uh, trade for Rick Hahn. Didn't he play well in Boston? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Reese McGuire turned it around. But I think Boston was all pissed because they traded uh, what's his face away. Um, they had some veteran catcher to trade. Yeah, and like how everyone was all pissed about that, and then yeah. Reese came in. It's like I'll show you guys. And then who would have thought the Tampa Bay Rays fixed Jake uh, Diekman? Everyone I saw that one coming a mile away. Yeah, everyone. He's uh, I mean, anybody that leaves the White Sox. I don't know. I'm still just disheartened that Fitz told us no one's going to sign until February. So, mm. I mean, I, that doesn't really apply for Japanese players, apparently. But I can see a lot of these guys holding out. Maybe the maybe the owners will drop what they need to, and it'll you know they could always wake up and offer what they're supposed to offer too. So it could still happen. There's just not a lot of uh, enthusiasm there, at least, or optimism. Yeah. It the is White what it Sox is. should sign Chase. They need bullpen help. That would be cool. They might. He's chilling. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. They might. He but. did a new offseason stuff. He did. He did a whole different offseason uh, regiment this year. That is not out of the realm of possibility. But do you think Derek Crochet gets in the rotation? If you had to place your that's, bet right that's now, good. Been yeah, that's good. Yeah, that came the last two years, and now they've alluded to it again. Do you think he finally gets in? They're gonna stretch him out. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that I thought was interesting about <laughs> that was um, if they decide to let him figure out how to be a starter in AAA for a long enough time, they get another year of control. Oh, they're one hundred percent doing that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That. Yes, I'm yeah. ours. You, that, you know that's what? Okay, obviously it's, it's manipulating the system. And, you know, we've been through that Shitty. in Chicago before. But especially with a guy who is coming off an injury, who is in that in-between multi-inning reliever, but you want him to be a mm -hmm. starter, it's a bad team. You're not going to win anyway. That is that would be that would be the smart decision. As soon as get him healthy, get him at his own pace in Triple A. There's no pressure to win in big games. Big, big in quotes, big games. At the major league level, and then you oh, get that extra year control. Donnie, do not put that quarter in, please. <laughs> Don't. We're not putting. We're we're not putting this quarter in the machine. Um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, edible. What are your no, thoughts on uh, service time manipulation? <laughs> so, but I did as a soon as, project on that. As soon as I saw, I think it was Penals that tweeted it out, like. If he stays in AAA long enough to get an extra year of control, instantly that's what they're going to do. And that's how they're going to justify it. We're letting him stretch out. We're letting him learn the ropes. We don't feel – he can have a .54 ERA after 12 starts in AAA, and they're still going to be like, it's not really checking off all those boxes. We're going to wait exactly nine well, more days. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the part where – Again, they might be doing it for that extra year of control, but it is a guy who is coming off injuries. He ended the year with an injury. Yep. Like, he does need to, like, ramp yeah. up. He hasn't yeah. ever – No, that started. I get. It's less about him, obviously. I think that he, he – it's less about the service time at this point and just more about getting him right. Yeah. Like, 
on on the like period. So it's it's an easy to explain. It's it's a bearable explanation. I think for anybody that understands development and like obviously health being paramount, you can sell that. It's a pretty good sell. Even probably the player might get it. Um, like yeah. like the Sox really fans are going to make the jokes. Like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Sox fans are going to make the jokes, but like the first checkbox is going to be like, can you pitch like multiple times a week? Like, can you go Monday and then again Saturday? Because well, right. that's why it's it, weird. It's weird with Crochet because they they initially drafted him, envisioning that like yeah he's going to be a starter long term like that was his goal, but he really hasn't right. had a chance to develop because he got thrown right into the fire in 2022 right after he got drafted two weeks later. He's throwing triple digits. So then he has to recover from that injury. They throw him back Mm -hmm. into the fire again, and he's still, like, is technically a reliever. So he never – I mean, he's never had the chance to get those starter innings. And then, obviously, last year he missed significant time. He really hasn't had a chance to get any development. He was a starter at Tennessee, right? Yes, but, like, he did some – he did both. But he did start, yes. He did a little bit of both. If you're really digging deep for like a positive thing to look forward to for the Whites, if he can come out of this season as a legit three, that's a huge win. Yep. He's a stud. I, I do think he's good. He's one of the better arms they have on that pitching staff. Like his 2021 season in particular, I thought was yep. especially impressive. Even like without the velocity he had, he didn't give right. up a whole lot of home runs. He was very, he could pitch and, you can put him in the eighth inning in a high leverage situation. He could throw like three innings if you needed middle really. I mean, he, I thought he was excellent. So I'm excited. I agree. And he's only 24. Yep. yep. And he's remember, kids. 24. He's so, like, he came up so quick that people like, yep. it, it feels like he's older, but he's 24. He's literally I wanna... the precipice of getting to figure it out. That's that age where they figure it out, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going it's back right to there. his college days, he pitched 36 games and he had 13 starts. So he okay. was mainly a reliever. Yeah, he was, um, yeah. I do want to point out: can't teach size, kids. Nope. Cannot teach size, and he has that frame, boy. Woo! He could be something. And I mean, like you said, Fizz, he's young. If he does sink this year in AAA, they, that means they'll still have four years of control. Mm-hmm. So if he can come out of this season as a legit rotation piece, and then they have him for four years under that contract, still like. That's a win. That's a positive out of this year. Those yep. are few and far between. So I'll fucking take <laughs> If he's that good into that contract, I hope they pay them yeah. a little bit more. Coming full circle. Remember who we're talking about. This is true. But well, no, this is when he's cheap. This is what the Sox, this is what the Sox specialize. Yeah, it's right, it's right Pre-arbed. Yeah, so if he comes out of this season as a legit MLB rotation pitcher, the Sox will use them for two more years, and then we'll be having the cease conversations, but just put in crochet. <laughs> oh, no. Scott Boris signed him wrong. Oh, <laughs> Send him early. Oh, oh, my. It's over. A lot of, lot of pearl clutching going on on White Sox Twitter when that right. came out. Oh, oh. my stars. Which, again, word. hilarious because it's, it's, I was. I could have been Luis Robert Jr.'s agent. The White Sox still weren't going to re sign him. No. <laughs> Not as long as Jerry's. Still driving. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of that Scott Boris is his agent because he got screwed on his first deal. If you look at how good he is and what we're paying him, like Sox mm-hmm. got a very team friendly contract in line. Well, that was one of the few early extensions that's worked out. Yes, and he's got a support so, system. Yeah, and like Fid said, I like to know that probably my favorite player in baseball right now is being taken care of by the best possible representation. 
I know he's got the deal with Adidas. I don't even know if they're still continuing their baseball campaign, but he's in on that. I mean, he's going to start getting more endorsement deals as his star grows. Good for him. Make that fucking money, kid. He can't come back to this. He's got to cash in now. Mm-hmm. So He's at that peak. It's time. That's yeah. so why I was laughing. Nick Saban retiring is fucking hilarious to me. He's just like, <laughs> fuck this shit. Everybody can do what I've been doing for years. I'm out. <laughs> you guys can pay these kids now too. Fuck <laughs> this. I'm out. Seven natties, though. Seven yeah. natties. Whew. Oh, great. Arguably the greatest college football coach of all time. Almost eight. But, I mean, whoever won that Rose Bowl was going to win the national championship, I think, based on. I will say, we have now entered the free for all part of the program. But I will say, when I saw the the push notification that he retired, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's just pissed that everybody can pay people now. And on the same day, Pete Carroll's let go, too, which they coached yep. together at Ohio State. Was yeah. And was- Belichick is going to leave. Belichick was with Saban on the staff in Cleveland. The tree leaves from that tree are all falling right now. Yep. Someone <laughs> already said, like, what if they all got together and coached the Chargers? Shit. No. Put Belichick as the defensive coordinator. Let's I did see, see him be defensive coordinator. I don't think so. He I doesn't want to do shit. They're all going to retire. None of them are coaching again. But I'm just saying, like, this Bill, Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick's ego isn't going to be like, yeah, I'll be a no. defensive coordinator. No, but I'm, I'm just saying – Oh, on a positive, by the way, while we were on uh, the Bears, it's reported the Bears have requested an interview with Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron for the OC job. Honestly, I have no Ooh. idea if that's good or not. Uh, he made Geno Smith. He made Geno Smith practically a. He yeah, did. He made Geno. Yeah, made but I'm giving the guy that one. I, I I like Sneaky Pete. He's good with two uh, two wide receivers that are Blazers. Get DJ Moore, good. Mark Harrison Jr. Yeah, I was going to say good and trade the pick. But I don't know. I'm over that shit, too. The oh, That's can't. probably one of my funniest. One of the things I find funniest on Twitter is when any scheduled press conference happens for any of the major teams, the fallout from it. Like, oh, I can't believe they didn't really say anything of substance. You really thought they were going to? Jalen Johnson. They're not going to let him out. That, that was, that was the best thing. That was the only thing that came out of the press conference that I gave a that shit about. That was good. Like, yeah. Did they expect him to sit down and be like, "Hey, we're trading the fucking pick. Let's go." Like, no, we're not no, going to play that. all. The, they're going to do their due diligence. Is what they're going to do. They don't have a decision right now because they're going to take the time to make Mitch rocks, Mitch. But that's that's what they do. That I like the the fact that they're deliberate. Hey, um, Mitch, it's a nose ranger. Um. Oh, oh! He was—he said he had to go. Oh yeah, but that—that that, there it is. There it is. Is, is that, that a compass on the end of it? Yeah, know. it was like, what is that at the end? <laughs> looks like a filter on the right. That looks like a giant or a fan. Yeah, I see numbers now. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. I don't know. Got to dial this up to six point four. <laughs> this is a this is a stank rate. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, that's so. Are you fine with the fl- keeping Fluss if he goes out and gets like a, a legit OC? I mean, I don't have a choice. I mean, nah. yeah, they got to do it. It's just Fluss proved this year that he can make that defense. That was a top defense in the league, and get him more. Get him a D line, right? Yeah, go get him an edge. Yep. Get him an edge rusher to put on the other side of Sweat. 
That's the key. Jordan Love got hit once last week. Once. That was one sack. That was the only time he got hit all game. Can't happen. I mean. Front four. I can't really. Just go find someone that can work with a mobile quarterback skill set. That's all I ask. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, if the first game of the season next year, they throw more than two screens, I'm breaking (laughs) everything in my house. I know every the joke's going around, but it is extremely uh, funny to me that Getsy's last play call as a Chicago Bear offensive coordinator was a screen pass on third and yeah. twenty-two. It, it's just too perfect. I mean, when, no, you, when you no when more you screen need, passes, no more jet sweeps, please. Yeah. We're we're, you, we're we're done with both of those. You got well, a screen pass. I mean, you just got even if you get rid of. Justin Fields, you still need an offensive quarter coordinator that can move with a mobile quarterback because you know Caleb crazy? runs Caleb runs more than Justin, folks. So you watch yeah. Caleb Williams highlight tape and he nine throws, out of ten throws are on the run. He throws moving. so well off balance. That ball comes. No, out. and that's fine. I'm just saying, like the, the point remains you need an OC yeah. with whoever's your quarterback that can yeah. deal with a mobile quarterback, unless you decide to go with Caleb May, and I think that would be a huge fucking you mistake. Know, he does have a quick release. I did notice watching a lot of the tape, like he, you know, and I've seen him I've watched the regular games, but like when you watch him back to back, his release is quick. He's a quick, he's a quick uh slinger, which I, I that is a very he is a dynamically different type of thrower than Justin Fields, where there's a lot of similarities. I think they're very different in how they mm-hmm. play, what they are too. So I could really that's that's another part of those two. I, they're not the same, but they are similar. I'm not really uh, an Eberflus guy, but uh, I mean, like you said, Zoe, the the the, the decision's been made. Like he's coming back. Yeah, uh, and the crazy part about that is, is like, oh, uh, really, the only viable way, and you know, like this has been thrown out all over the place, and I, and I agree with it, is the only viable way to get like a legit up and comer or like a, a good offensive coordinator. Let him pick his quarterback. No, no, it well that and okay. you need to let that offensive coordinator know that like the head coach isn't going to be fired next year. Yeah, <laughs> like so you, yeah, send an extension. You kind of have to sign Eberflus to an extension yeah. because yeah, there's a lot of moving. Not, who, what offensive coordinator is going to be like? Oh fuck, lame duck head coach. Like, yep. am I going to be gone next year too? Yeah, unless they there's come a- in. They can snake the job because they come in and kick ass, but that doesn't but, I mean, happen a lot. That doesn't, doesn't happen. Usually, they move, but this is also an audition for some of these younger these uh, these names too for a head coaching job. It, a lot of times, you see that a guy mm-hmm. comes in has a great year, first year OC, and he's gone because he becomes a head coach, like that glamour pick. And I don't know, I mean, either way, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's the development that matters, right? So, yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's why. I'm not shocked to see some of these lists out of football people that I actually care about their opinion, seeing some college names on these lists, because if you don't sign them to the extension and you're getting, you got to just find a guy that this is okay. I got a shot. I don't care if, you know, whatever, if I can go there ball out for a year, even if they fire this dude, there's my resume now to get another job. So. Run that go, go, go offense. You know, he ran this year. <laughs> Whatever that thing is, that go yeah, go go, whatever. Like a, just that thing is crazy. It's weird. It's so fast. It's like Kelly's old offense, a vertical offense, not horizontal and hope. Like, and stop running fucking bunch receivers into the heart of a cover one deep. Oh god, there's so many bad. It was just terrible. It just feels. You watch that Packers game. It felt like their receivers were like all wide the fuck open, and it never feels like the Bears have a scheme where their wide receivers and no separation wide open. Yeah. 
So the schemes are never. Oh, Luke Getzky, fucking that guy, loser. Just yeah, he sucked this year, dude. No seed, never worked that section. Yeah, a good a good coach that adapts, an adaptive coach, someone that that that's something that I think we've that all too. seen too. The failure to adapt in the second half. You see what Lafleur does. He he literally does. He goes out and he changes things. <laughs> you know, so like, I, I think I'm a hard no on the Seattle OC because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Bears offense ranked 20th in the NFL this season. Seattle was 21. Yeah. <laughs> what was it last year? But, but yeah, you so can say he did that. He was doing that with Geno Smith. Like, obviously, you True. would think that either Justin Fields, if they keep True. him, or your new rookie quarterback is going to be better. Seattle was, going back to last year, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. They were 13th last wow, year. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, anyone's an upgrade at this point. That's why it's funny when people are like, oh, would you be happy if they got good? Yes. <laughs> Anything is an That's upgrade. That's the scary part, though. We always think it gets better. I mean, Luke gets it. Never does. Better. <laughs> no, it never no, does. no. White Sox fans it never... thought it was going to be better. Well, I mean, we still don't know how that's going to turn out, but you guys got Christmas. Never does. The best thing going on in the Chicago sports right now is Kobe White. I was just going to say that. He's the best story in Chicago right now, without a doubt. The kid took a minute to get here, but. I mean, he's gonna make an all-star game at this point. Kids just balling out. How how long is Bedard out? By the way, six to eight weeks. Six to eight months. Six to eight months. months. Six to eight weeks. Weeks. Oh, yeah. it's weeks. Weeks. I'm gonna have to yeah. start wearing a face shield. One to two months, and he's probably gonna come back with a bubble. Hmm. The bubble mask. Yeah, he should wear but that face shield forever. It just sucks. Oh, did you guys see that story about the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh... Player yes. Would you like me to break that down for you? Because, yes, that was insane. Well, one of the things that uh, I discovered, I'm not really a big uh, NHL guy in terms of like other teams outside of the Blackhawks, but uh, mm-hmm. it seems like he grew up as a diehard uh, Penguins fan. Yes. He was, just, he's, so the big, the thing there. <laughs> and like, that's one so, of the reasons he's like, fuck yeah. Philly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so people know what we're talking about. The Flyers took this kid. What's his last name? Gunner. Good, good. Gaudi. It's like Gaudier. 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 Something. Like Go T A. Like the singer. Something like that. Yeah. No, just some uh, a drafted guy who was Gother, like moving Gother. out. Gother. Gother. Yeah. Uh, Gother. It's G A U T H I E R. His first name's Cutter, so we're gonna stick with Cutter because right, that's way easier. So Cutter, Cutter. <laughs> Uh, gets drafted by the Flyers. Like, I think he was a, what was he, the number five? Yeah, number five pick in the 2022 draft. Gets drafted by the Flyers. Everybody's pumped to get this kid. Sky's the limit with him. And then something that always has been lingering is he gets drafted by the Flyers, and, you know, they do the standard, you just got drafted interview, and they're like, oh, who was your favorite player growing up? And he says, Sidney Crosby. It's probably the worst fucking answer you can give if you just got drafted by Philadelphia. Philadelphia hates Sidney Crosby. Hates him. So that was always like out there. They kind of 
covered it up real quickly because they didn't want people talking about it. Like they put out a bunch of different PR about them. And you guys know, like in college, when you get or in hockey, when you get drafted, most of these guys go and play college for a year or two when they, unless you're kind of freaking Bedard. But so this kid goes and he's playing college hockey and he makes it to Team USA, the juniors, the team that just won the gold medal. And he like led the team in points. Philly got word that he wasn't happy about playing for the Flyers. Bro, they sent their entire front office to Sweden to watch this kid play in the World Juniors and try to hopefully sort this out with him. He is nice, dude. He led the team in points, USA in points and shit. Like, the kid's good. Uh But no one knew this was going on. They flew their whole front office out. Meanwhile, Flyers fans are like, fuck yeah, that's our dude. Look at this kid. He's going to be awesome. This is a franchise player, blah, 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 blah. He refused to talk to anyone in the Flyers front office when they came to Sweden. No, he's American. He iced them bitches, though, man. And he kept telling them it was because he needed to focus on the task at hand. But you got five minutes for your fucking GM, kid. Like, stop. So basically, he comes back and he just tells the Flyers, y'all fucking trade me. I'm not playing for you. Like, trade me. He pulls like an Eli Manning. He's like, trade me. And they traded him to Anaheim. Like, two days ago. Like, and then... Oh, go ahead. Hold on. The story gets even crazier because he had he was not friends with anyone in the Flyers organization except for Kevin Hayes. And some of you guys might remember that name. He had a cup of coffee with the Blackhawks. And so this dude who is like a podcast blogger from uh, a site called Broad Street in Philly goes on the show and he's got a really big following. And he says like, yeah, I'm hearing rumors that Kevin Hayes is the one that told him like Philly sucks. Don't play for Philly. And Kevin Hayes comes out and he's like, that dude's a fucking clown. I never said any of that shit. And apparently Kevin Hayes and his whole family is getting death threats now from Philly fans. (laughs) We're telling this kid this. And yeah. So basically wild story. But it's all sorted, but it's just that's nuts, dude. I want I want like a stud like MLB prospect uh to get drafted like first overall by the Cardinals. And then just him being a diehard Cubs fan. He's like, yep. fuck you guys, trade. That that's kind of like the baseball equivalent to this. It's like if yeah, the I, I want to see drafted, this absolute stud out of high school and the kid gets drafted and right away they're like, who's your favorite player? And he's like, uh, Chris Bryant, man. Loved it when he won the World Series. Like, great years in Chicago. And then he goes and plays college ball for two years and comes back and it's just like, you know what? Get fucked. Trade me now. I'm not playing for the Cardinals ever. <laughs> no, like I always wonder that because, like, I mean, obviously they're professionals, right? Like, they get to the league and, like, yeah, like, they're whatever fan of their – that they were when they were younger, you know, maybe they still have a little in that, but you know, they know it's a business. Right. They got to play for the team. But I, I do wonder sometimes if like guys who were passionate, like diehard fans of whatever team that they're playing in the league, Uh-oh, if we they're ever thinking like, a, man, fuck this team. <laughs> like, a, Get me out of here. <laughs> we have a new wrinkle into the story and it just happened. Ooh. So anyone that's watched any kind of hockey knows John Tortorella. Like, OG, dickhead coach, everyone, whatever. He's the coach of the Flyers now. And apparently he just came to the podium after their game, and he's like, hey, 
is the guy here that caused Kevin Hayes and his family's all the problem. I want to talk to you right now. Like he's like, I want to call this dude out. Oh man, the video keeps buffering. I want to watch this shit. But we have a baseball question. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think Bellinger at six years, 185 gets it done? Let me do the math. I think six at two. Let me do the math. I don't think six go below two. two. Yeah, I think six and two is what gets it done with some opt outs. That's 30 million a year, almost 31 at six for 185. <sighs> Obviously, I don't. I don't. I'm not in the room. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what numbers are being thrown around on the Cup side. I know what Scott Boris has been uh, asking for. I think that might be around uh, what the Cubs might be offering. Uh, they probably care. don't want to get to 200 million. They probably <coughs> they would probably be fine with the years just to drive the A A V down, or maybe not because Jed Hoyer has said how he doesn't like doing long deals but uh i think bruce levine talked about it how it's basically the cubs are offering or this is i think is might have been his speculation they're offering like you know six years at about 160 and obviously boris wants eight years like 240 so they're gonna have to meet somewhere in the middle yeah and it's that's gonna be close to the 200 million seven for 210 I think mm-hmm. I think if I think if seven for two ten was on the table, he would have signed already. But I don't think I anyone is offering him that. No, I think it's six, somewhere. I think the six and low one eighty five. I don't think it's about the years. I think it, I think he just wants the number. Yep. I, yeah. I, I was, I've been thinking about the, I, 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 again, I don't know, but I I think he I think Scott Boers at the beginning of the season, like as we've said, he works for Cody Bellinger. They they got together. They get they threw out the number three hundred million. Remember when we started seeing that number? It was like yep, three hundred million. I think they did that very much knowing that they were going to get to January. No team was going to be offering that, so that they can just go back and be like, "All right, guys, fine. We started at three million. Let's go down to two fifty. Yeah, and then the teams are <laughs> are going to be interested. They're going to be like, like, all right, all right, guys, come on." We're we're gonna cut thirty percent from our initial asking. We're going from three hundred million to two hundred million. This is a bargain for you guys. I think that's the way they're playing it right now. Yeah, that works. So I I, I do I th- I, I agree with Kevin. I think two hundred is the magic number. Yeah, I've made a career out of that, doing <laughs> just that. But uh, but I again I don't think I don't think the offers are there yet. Not that they're not going to be there. I just don't think they're in yet. Yep. And the beautiful part about what he does is he doesn't need to be working with anybody. He's an outfielder and he's a hitter and he's doing his own thing anyway. So he could show up the first day of wherever he's playing and be fine. Um, so I, I think my th- initial prediction was seven for 175. Mm. And I mean, they can do like eight for 200, I guess, off those numbers. But yeah, I think maybe the the two hundred million dollars is the uh, is the magic number. Maybe again, the they've been thrown out or it's been suggested before the the three year deal with the opt outs that Correa got high AAV for those couple years. Um, but yeah, I still think we got a couple weeks for that one, at least a couple weeks. We'll see too. I mean, it only takes. Someone maybe hit that number and then, hey, can you match this? No, then all right, we're done. You know, but who's going to do that? You know, you get desperate teams too. Sooner or later, that's why I always worry about the Giants. It's just simply because what the Dodgers have done creates desperation. Yeah. And that's the, such a dangerous, again, and all the failure, like we brought up earlier, that the Giants have dealt with. 
you know, almost inadvertently as a knee jerk reaction. I always worry about them just throwing caution. But it is funny. I, I, I titled last week's uh, episode, you know, it's just like a staring contest. And like, honestly, that's what it is. Like, we know that they're in conversations. Like, that we know that the Cubs are involved with Reese Hoskins. Mm -hmm. That's been known since like November. It's like, yeah, they're interested. They want to do a similar Cody Bellinger, you know, one year plus the mutual option, you know, that that pillow contract or maybe a a multi-year deal. Uh, We we know the Cubs are talking to Boris. Obviously, they've been talking about uh, with Bellinger. Like, that's the big name. It's just a big old w- waiting it out. Who's going to blink first? That's all it is right now. Staring contest. Matt Chapman is on there. You always do. It just and I, that's the thing. Uh, we keep saying like, well, it seems like the Cubs are like the only main suitor. But again, it only takes one other team to get in the mix, and then you get the Padres signing Manny Machado out of nowhere. So that could very much happen with the Cubs and some other team. With Bellinger. And then we cry. Tears of sadness. Ooh. Uh oh, Zoe. Can't hear you. Oh, there he was. (laughs) Because I was listening to the Tortorello press conference thing real quick. Wasn't he calling out the reporter? Yeah, and the reporter was there. (laughs) And he's like, Who's responsible? The guy goes, Me. And he goes, You? And guy goes, yeah. And he goes, where the fuck do you get off? <laughs> and he just goes off <laughs> in the press conference. It's like, oh, well, this is very Philly. This is perfect. I see why Philly fans have adopted him so well. He did make by a the good way, point, though. By the way, I do want to point out, we still have bidders out there. Uh, $15 to beat. Uh, if anybody yep. in the chat wants to beat uh, Lil Yumpers. But uh, donation, make very a, much appreciated. Everyone donated. He made a me. very good point about people that do shows or blogs or any of that shit. He's just like, you do realize like that's going to stick with them for the rest of your life. You have, it's completely wrong. What you said, like, it's not, there's no truth to it, but now there's people out there that that'll never leave. Who are we talking about? Hockey. Pick rocks. Mitch. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's gonna just that ain't going away anytime. (laughs) (laughs) The TikTok algorithm just lost the timeline with that. Oh no, we're coming up to the the two hour mark, so I was gonna kind of wrap it up here. But I guess you came back, so we'll start with you, Mitch. You got any final thoughts? Any final things you want to talk about? I do actually. So yesterday. So we were we 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 had a, a bit. I, I'm sure you guys got some snow up there in the Chicagoland area too. Yep. We had a lot of snow come through Monday. We had to do blizzard coverage all day, standing out, snowing sideways. Not fun. But anyway, I had planned. I was going. Uh, my brother had courtside seats to the Nebraska Purdue game. Like a number one team in the country, had a day of PTO. The problem was the blizzard was still going that Tuesday. So. Uh, you know, my parents like, oh, you shouldn't drive up, whatever. It was like 9 a.m. I'm like, fuck it. We're going. We took a day PTO. We're going to drive. Terrible, terrible decision. Terrible decision. The roads, brutal. Like, it was actually scary. Like, because it was about a four and a half hour drive. It took about six hours. Shout out, though, snowplow drivers. I mean, first off, mm-hmm. like, when I'm having to cover that blizzard, like, they, because, like, they talk about how they have to, like, it, I don't know what it's like up in Illinois. 
But Missouri, they're super short, short staff for the Department of Transportation. So like Dougie, I'm sure you saw him posting on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They got to work like 18-hour shifts and going up and down. Unsung heroes, so clutch. Uh, if it wasn't for them, would not agree. have made it. I'm agreeing with you before you, we lost your internet connection. I think what uh, happened was he was actually just hit by a snowplow while thinking. He just got, he just got plowed. He just got plowed. Um, <laughs> totally agree with his assessment, though. But anyway, long story short, big shout out snowplow drivers. Wasn't that for them? Would not have made it to Nebraska. Would not have been able to storm the court. Uh, I thought old wheel man Kaminsky could handle driving a blizzard. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, that was terrible. Shout out snowplow guys. I don't know if that's yep. flagging still, if you heard any of that, but I will say they work some long ice hours, but homeboys get paid. I used to bar time with a dude that was a snowplow driver too. And he used to call it white gold because he made a lot of money. Cocaine. I bet. Snowplow. Oh, snow wasn't that kind of bar. Course. That that anyone knows of, <laughs> but it was no. wild though. I saw like some semi trucks like flipping over and shit. It was because uh, they were the only ones basically on the road. I was the only dumbass like actual car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kick rocks, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm no. just not talking. Why keeps kicking me out? I'm. I'm <laughs> There's two of you. This is so oh many. no. Yes, oh. but long story short, Mitch, I agree with you. Snowplow. They were ready to go up here, man. It's like they've been itching. We, this was like the first like actual snow we've had this year. Yeah. So when it hit, I woke up at like seven in the morning. I go look outside, and they're already. That's just plowed already. I was like, oh. It was were... amazing how quickly it all melted over here, too. Like, we still got, like, snow, but the roads are completely fine today after being <laughs> winter fair. wonderland. True story. That's fair. That happened today. You weren't plowing the road, though. You were going home. No, no. I was just – yeah, I was – No, I was not you. Baloney in the comments. He's giving me shit because we almost had on – That was a weak-ass was... honk, by the way. I couldn't even – I heard there was like a claim a... that he honked at you. I couldn't even honk. Yeah, no, he honked. Honk. I didn't even realize it was him until he honked. I looked over. I was like, because I was too like busy. A, does he have an Ooga horn? No. Oh. Standard. Standard. Yeah. Roadrunner sound. Uh, Fidge, you got anything you want to wrap up with? Well, make sure you guys go to uh, Uncle Bud's to get a steak sandwich. Put it on the Underhill tab. Um, and then uh, I'm just super excited about Shota. Um, I think this is going to be fun for Cub fans to enjoy watching a, a, someone that is prime in their prime and uh, that, that pitches the way that he does. So I'm, I'm, I'm super intrigued. It gives me a little bit of excitement and uh, oh yeah. Also spring training opening day Cubs, white Sox. I'll be there. So those of you that are going to be there, make sure you look for us. Maybe Aldo, hopefully we'll be there. Maybe even so, but uh, looking forward to that. So yeah, super stoked to see you. <laughs> Zoe, you said it was free 99. Yeah, it was, but other things have happened in the last five days. There's this is what uh, happens you don't wrap it up. Am I right, Mitch? Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I can't ask from Little Zoe. I, I can't have his wife kicking my ass now, too. Yeah, oh, that would not be good for you. Um, I mean, you don't even need to. You said you were training him. I mean, let's be honest. He's probably kicking the, my ass now. The kids, yep. 
he's ready to go. He's up to, uh, he's doing like Hot Wheels bench presses. He, the Hot Wheels hats that we get him, he's down there knocking those out. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, shit has come up where I was told if I leave the city, I will be in a lot of trouble. Well, oh, someone's got a hit out on uh, Zell. Uh, well, I mean, that's been the case for about 10 sure. years, but no. It's, House arrest, huh? No. My birthday is the next week, and I, I believe uh, there's things coming to work for that. Yeah. So, yep, that's all. But although you got anything? Uh, I think just for Cubs fans, the off season that we thought we were going to get in December, I think is, I think it's actually going to happen here in January. Hopefully, I think, uh, I think we'll see a hit or two within the month. So look out for that, and check it out on sportsmockery.com. And I was professional right there. I would imagine that if the Cubs have a, a storm of free agent science, uh. uh yeah, that too. But still, uh, <laughs> nasal ranger sniffed out his stash. Yeah, that, that motherfucker. Uh, if there's a flurry of free agent signings, we'll jump on here, or at least the Cubs guys will, because Mitch, me and you are pretty safe. We don't have to worry about that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> a cease uh, trade, cease trade could happen. See, she could have that cleared waivers. I mean, oh, that was big. There you go. <laughs> um, that's why they DFA'd yeah. him. They knew nobody was gonna pick up <laughs> the bunt waste itself. Did not a big market for 30 year old rookies, so. grinders, 30 year old grinders, grinders. Uh, good bunt. Yeah, Mitch, I guess if you're wrong, when this if and when the cease trade happens, I'll definitely jump on because that'll Not be a, yeah, but. I personally think it's uh, I think it's going to be trade deadline, I which I'm okay with. I actually think that is a good thing for Guts. Yep. I didn't just piss down his leg and take the first thing that came toward him. I agree. But the only thing that I'm concerned about, and I have faith in my boy, so I don't even I'm hesitant to even put out the bad vibes. But like, if he bombs in April, that that could affect the trade stock a little bit. You just get, yeah, you're just definitely. It's always a risk. Or yeah, he gets injured too. You gotta worry about that. But you know, or we'll see. Ball out, make an all-star team. That's what I'm hoping Sign for. Him. That's what I'm putting my chips in too. Oh. Mm. Extension it's interesting. five years, one hundred fifty million. We're still talking about the White Sox. <laughs> they it's got Scott Boris no, even if he had me as his agent, the White Sox don't pay pitching. That's true. They just don't do it. Hey, you try. You got Who's that guy? That agent from the HBO show. He his like, Arliss. Agent, like I represent Arliss. Arliss. Yeah, that's that's great who. Arliss. That's who we need. Fucking yeah. great show. That show was awesome. Yeah. Richard Wall. Mitch, what do you know about Arliss? You're too young for that shit. I'm cultured, man. I get I get around. I know my culture. I'll give you the Shaq meme for that one. I did not, I was not aware of your game. That was, uh, yeah. Deep cut. Arliss was, was a good pull there. I used to love that show. Oh, I was a kid, though. Fuck. All right. We're over two hours, folks. Thank you for the wild. Oh, Mitch, you weren't here. We had a bidding war for Super Chats. Yeah. Wait for it. 
And then all Yumper just basically big balled everybody. Up the nuke. Ended everything. Put it on the but table. Thank you all for uh, the super chats. They're all greatly appreciated. Um, and appreciate all the support. Appreciate that there's still somehow 16 people watching the show. Uh, <laughs> and appreciate all the love. Uh, we'll be back next week. But again, if something big happens, we'll jump back on. Everybody be cool. Take care of each other. Drive safe, Mitch. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. Season make it all change.